you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 130. On tonight's episode, the Manlings talk about their old armies and what they're doing to bring them up into new form. And then as an added bonus, the smart Manlings back to talk about his tournament with the Infinity. Too good to play the Age of Sigmar, I guess. Or too smart, don't know which. <laughs> Shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage You Tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. Bringing you tonight's dose of terrain, rebasing, and a special report from the man who organized Ufinity, I am David Whitek. And with me tonight, again, two times in a row, special guest, co-host, second chair, Christian Bayer. Christian, welcome. Thanks for having me back. Hey, uh, you did a good job. I enjoyed working with you. So why not come on and do a little more? I appreciate it. Plus, the uh, show topic was your idea. So (laughs) (laughs) there was that, too. (laughs) Hey, you know, have you talked about have you thought about doing something about just your rebasing ideas, just terrain stuff that's not model oriented? I should have thought of that. That's pretty much all I've been doing in the last couple of weeks. Oh, let's do that. All right. All right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, Christian, once again, yeah, thanks for coming on and thanks for coming up with a coming up with a show. I mean, that's that's going above and beyond. Well, you know, I, at the end of our last recording and, and you commented that you didn't know exactly what you were going to do for the next show, it just kind of got my wheels turning on what I would want to hear. And so that was that was one thing that came to mind. And I was like, hey, here, here's an idea for you because as a fan. It's nice to have my ear when I'm sitting around not knowing what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. But listen, before we jump into this, we have to thank our sponsors. Christian, would you mind doing me a favor and help me thank the sponsors? Uh, As always, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors of Garage Hammer, Unique Gifts and Games. In In Grays Lake, Illinois. Mierce Miniatures. That's Mercia Miniatures. (laughs) M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures. Mantic Games. For your rank and flank army needs. The TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan. You ain't wrong. And Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Speaking of unique gifts and games in Grays Lake, Illinois, folks, don't forget the day this is releasing. Actually, hopefully it'll release the day before because the day this is releasing, or should be released... October 10th, we are having uh, Tabletop Wargaming Day at Unique Gifts and Games. There will be uh, Age of Sigmar. There will be Infinity. Basically, if you can if you can play it, bring it. Um, there's going to be at least, uh, we got two tables set up for Kings of War, for demos and for playing. Um, there's going to be extra tables there. Uh, you're worried that someone doesn't uh, play the game you're bringing? Hey, if you've got two factions, bring two. There might be someone there who doesn't play but wants to learn. In that case, uh, you can become you could be doing demos for people uh, of your favorite game, whether it's Wild West Exodus, War Machine, uh, Malifaux. Bring it. If it's a tabletop war game, you're welcome at UGG today, the 10th of October, unless you're not listening to it on the 10th of October, and then it's not today. But it is still a legitimate day. It's on the calendar. So... Be there or be square. Exactly. 
Exactly. All right, so let's move along before a break here. Shout-outs. Okay, shout-outs and emails. Um, I got a couple of voicemails. Uh, they were all very, really nice, um, but they were all – it was like I, I – I'm not just going to sit and play seven minutes of different emails of people saying how much they like the show and how, you know, it, it seems really self-serving at this point, um, especially since half of it was prompted from people saying, what do you mean people didn't like your show? So it almost, I know it's like, it, I just feel, uh, thank you to all the people who sent them. It's wonderful. I just, I don't feel like I should be necessarily playing them all in the air. They're very nice and personal. However, um, Seriously, like, and this is probably not everybody. I probably missed somebody, and forgive me if I did, but so many nice and supportive emails, so especially from people who are enjoying the last episode or enjoyed, uh, just enjoying that we're doing Age of Sigmar stuff in general, uh, that we hit the fluff. Christian, lots of good feedback for both of us last episode. Yeah, I, I was seeing on the forums, uh, I, you know, I, my first time on the show, I was definitely a little nervous, and, and you know, you, you have great fans, um, me, one of them. So, you know, you never know how people are going to to take the new guy. But, uh, yeah, a lot of lot of nice comments. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was great. I had a good time. We all had fun recording. And, or we both had fun recording and uh, show turned out really well. So it, did. it was I, it was funny hearing my own voice, but but I definitely enjoyed it. You get used to that. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was funny was I got a couple of different people asking who was doing the voice in the beginning of the show. On the reading? And oh, I'm like, really? I'm like, that was me. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound like you. I'm like, oh, the magic of post-production, man. I could play with pitches and tones and stuff like that. Like, a, like, a, like it's amazing. So, yeah, it was just it was just fun. I had a good time doing that one. I like doing the fluff reports a lot. And uh, we're definitely going to do one again. I think you and I are going to cover, God, what is the name of the book? Why do I keep forgetting War it? Warstorm. Warstorm from Black Library. Yes. So that'll be a pure up. There'll be uh, probably not a whole show, but at least a part of a show. You and I are just going to sit down and cover. It's what's three or four short stories in there. Uh, there's three short stories in there, right? I mean, and by short stories, about a hundred pages a piece. But yeah, but uh, yeah, no, and those are great. That's sort of bridging, but somewhere between Gates of Azir and Quest for Galmaraz. So mm -hmm. there's more stories filling in all these little spots. I love how they're doing that, by the way. But okay, I'm totally digressing. Me too. Yeah, we'll hit that over in uh, in the toolbox. Um, all right, but listen. So listen, Chris Stokes, Chad Copes, uh, Kaiser Brunhild uh, from the forums, Jake from St. Louis, uh, a gentleman named Baffo, which in the email response thing, it's, it's I think it said Jan Kleva Ivanchik. I could have, to I probably totally mutilated his name, but he said, "Hey, my name's Baffo." Uh, Donald Taylor, Mark. Dinah, Tim the Enchanter, Jonathan Ellis, Chuck Moore, Phil, <laughs> Aaron Bostian, Tylan Emerson, and Joshua Benedetto. I um, just and I don't I don't even know if that's everybody, but I think that's most people who just wrote me uh, at David at GarageHammer.net and uh, just were sending nice emails saying how much they were enjoying the show, how much they were enjoying Age of Sigmar. I, I can't read all that stuff on the air. That's a lot of emails, but thank you to so many uh, people sending so much. Nice positive uh, emails to me. Uh, well, that's really nice to see and hear because you, you were getting a little bit of flack there for a bit, and yeah, I'm not. You know, it's, it happens. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it it's not worth. Yeah, 
but, but it's uh, nice to see the positive positivity from our our community coming out. And it's nice to see that so many people. I mean, we've still got a lot of people like, dude. You know what? Keep it age of Sigmar. We're having fun with this. This is a fun time. So, and dude, that's honestly that's where the show is. I mean, I'm still doing this stuff in my basement right now. I'm still playing games with Harrison. I'm trying to get a couple of games lined up. I know this Saturday at UGG, I'll get a bunch of games in. But I mean, I'm not. You know, I just with my schedule and stuff, I'm not even getting a ton of games in with the greater community. So mm-hmm. now that I'm starting to get those schedule, I'm getting excited. People are contacting me saying, hey, look, I'll play. I'll play. You want to play? Let's play. And I think that's just cool. It's encouraging that people are – I think people are either giving it – finally giving it its first look or starting to give it a second look after all the initial hubbub. Yeah. And so it's nice that people are giving it that look. So. Yeah, well, with each edition, there's always, you know, a shock factor to it, right? This oh, yeah. changed, that changed. And, and you know, I've been in the hobby in GW specifically for 25 years, and I've seen a lot of editions come and go. And there's a, there's always people who, you know, oh, my army's no longer relevant and, and walk away. Um, but this one, you know, was was a really big change. So, I, you know, I felt it, you felt it, I'm sure. You know, we, we all were. You know, oh yeah, a little shocked. So oh yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I think you know people are going to you know take some time for mourning, and then we'll come back. Well, it's, and as long as some people, as long as some of the people come back, I swear I thought it was going to be like a sixty percent attrition rate at least to this game at at the in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. I was even more so than when Eighth came out. When I mean, that was the first yeah. time I had witnessed a real addition change where people were just like, "Oh my goodness," and like leaving. Yeah. And uh, this was just so much. I was like, ugh, but it seems like, you know, people are at least trying to give it a chance. I mean, I'm hearing more. Every day I'm seeing more people saying they're starting to rebase their armies. And that right there gives me hope. So, yeah, I'm seeing it on Twitter. Yeah, like you said, every day new people. Yep. So, um, real quick, I do want to read one thing. Uh, a gentleman named Gary No sent me on uh, emails. Uh, he is one of the guys who runs Du Bois GT uh-huh. in West New York. And he asked me if I would just read this little announcement real quick that registration is open for Du Bois GT, three-day event in West New York featuring singles and doubles tournaments in Warhammer 40K, 8th Ed Fantasy, and Age of Sigmar. It's November 6th through 8th in, whoa, Canandigua, New York? What the hell city is this? C-A-N-A-N-D-A-I-G-U-A. Near Rochester, New York. How's that? Okay. And for all people who live in Canandaigua, I oh lord, I don't want to say words I don't know how to say. <laughs> yeah, that's not one that I'm familiar with personally. I mean, but... if, yeah. I, first, I thought it was Canandaigua. Now it's not that. And I, 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 I hate saying words I can't pronounce and sounding ignorant. You can't insult me with words I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with a certain town, came up to me and said, buffoonery. I said, purse! Can't insult me with words I don't know. Uh, okay, but okay, last year's event had just under 180 total players for the singles events. Lunch is included in the price of admission for Saturday and Sunday. For more information, check out DuBoisGT.com. That's D-A-B-O-Y-Z-G-T.com. Or email DuBoisRockGT, D-A-B-O-Y-Z-R-O-C, gt at gmail.com and you can follow these guys on twitter at corn lord k-h-o-r-n-e lord yeah yeah that's a name after my own heart exactly 
So uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, uh, guys, check it out. It's November. I got this email like back in middle of September, but we've been doing so many weird things that it just totally slipped through the cracks. But it's still not too late. I know they've still got stuff going on. I was just looking at the website. So go ahead. If you're up in that area, check out Du Bois GT because uh, I know that those guys, I heard, I've heard about it plenty of times before on other podcasts and yeah, me too. The guys up there, so you know it's you know it's something that they've done several times. It's it's got a good reputation. So that check it, it out, folks. Other than that, if you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, you can leave us a voicemail at one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. Uh, international callers dial zero zero one seven five seven GH show six. Um, as most international callers. I did get an email from Jake from St. Louis, and thank you, Jake. It was rather long and another great just, you know, thanks for doing a great show, and I like the show, and it's awesome, and I'll help you with Patreon. And that's all That's all fantastic, and I appreciate it. I, like I said, I'm just going to I'm gonna, I'm going to keep, keep going past right now just because I don't want to just pick one nice email and, or voicemail. But thank you to everyone who is sending that stuff in again. So I think that's enough for our opening segment. I think we need to take a break. And then when we come back with the news and rumors and with the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Back in a minute. folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mirce miniatures at mirceminiatures.com their darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see and with the success of their recent kickstarter those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. We are back. Yes, we are. Back, 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 back. David and Christian bringing you the news and rumors and the toolbox. No Age of Sigmar news this week. At least not. Yeah, it looks like yeah. we finally get a breather. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my it was a great was run. Cry. That was like two months of stuff every week that I wanted to buy. Yes. 
I think I almost did get something. Like almost every week, I got something. Whether it was a piece of terrain or a book or a mm-hmm. model. I mean, dang. I mean, yeah, yeah. And the, the terrain is fantastic. The the chaos. Building the terrain is not necessarily fantastic. No, What's the one I, with the I, giant I, sphere on it. Is that the Ophidian Archway? No, 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 no. The Ophidian Archway is the the walls, the crumbled down walls. Oh, okay. Um, but I got one of those, and that is not fun to put together. It isn't. Uh, I no. need to get one because that's the one for priests. Oh, it's right? gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it's when it's uh, but that that's it's not it's not a sphere. It, what I don't care what how many times I try to put it together. Once you line up all the parts and get them glued together, it is no longer a sphere. Ooh. And it just I was kind of it was sad, but uh, interesting. Yeah, they're kind of a pain. <laughs> they're kind of a pain to put together. Now the uh, oh wow, Games Workshop website front page just went crazy. Um, Ooh, yeah, they got the new towel thing on there, and man, it's like a whole tech readout. Did you see that? Go to the website, oh. check it out. It's oh, insane. Yeah. I'm there right now. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Yeah, here we go. Oh, okay. I've got the Ophidian Archway. I've got the Baleful Realm Gates. The mm-hmm. Numinous Oculum. That's the that's other one it. I got. And that's uh, gorgeous. Witch Fate Tour is sold out, and I don't think they're making more. And that makes me sad because that's one of the only pieces I don't have. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, I, oh, look. the uh, No longer available, the, um, the four uh, arcane fulcrums. Yeah, I noticed that too. Good thing I've got those too. What else? Baleful Realm Gates. Oh, and Dragon Fate Diaz. I've got that. I've got a Garden of More. Yep. I've got the Ophidian Archway. Yeah, dude, I've got yeah. just about everything here. Except all that Chaos Fortress stuff. That's expensive. Yeah, that unfortunately I really want it. And it's big. Like when it first came out, I didn't realize how large it is. And I saw the price and I was like, that's way need to more put a model next to it so you can see what you're getting yeah and, and they put mo- like when i saw models actually when i got the white dwarf and i started looking at models standing on the walkways i yeah. was like whoa the like the Korgoroth can actually stand size sideways really so it's a it's big yeah, the Malefic Gates, I got a picture of the guy with the with one of the guys in front of it. The gate, I mean, it's a hundred bucks, but that's huge. I mean, it's a double yeah. gate that opens and closes with with wall sections in front of it. Uh, I just, I kind of want bits of this. Like, I don't want to spend $1,200 yeah. on all these pieces to do the thing. No. But, like, that Skull Keep looks cool, although I think, see, you got Skull Keep, which is $75, which is this big, you know, tower. Mm-hmm. Just a four-sided tall tower. Then I look over and say, ooh, that Overlord Bastion has like that with some walls and some stairs, but it's not even that Skull Keep. And if it is, it's a bigger, it's like they've made it taller. Yeah. It, yeah, because yeah, it's not the same piece. This is an even bigger piece. Yeah, oh. the, yeah the Bastion is. See, and what's so cool with this stuff is now, which you're not playing on trays, like you can have guys up and down the stairs and on the different rails and on the ramparts and stuff. Yes. Oh, this is just oh, see. And I, I've seen some people that have taken this and they're using it for their forty K scenery as well. And why not? Right? Well, especially with the chaos stuff. You can you you know, this could be this could be C S M Oh, easily. Stuff easily. This could yeah. It's still got that gothic look to it. It's just not you know, 
there's no there's no uh gun embankments put on it. Right. But yeah, Which I mean you I, could easily model in. Exactly. God, this is so this dire stone redoubt. What is this thing? This is five awesome scenery kits, two skull keeps, two fortress walls, and the other oh, this is just sick. Yeah. I mean yeah, it's you know what though it's way too expensive, and quite frankly, even though I do like this, I mean I'm one who've always liked having a billion skulls on everything. <laughs> I'm just going to, in fact, we'll talk about this in the hobby section. I got other plans for making because I've got the book for the Chaos Passions, and there's there's there are yep. scenarios and stuff in there to play, and even in Quest for Galmaraz, there's scenarios that have these pieces in there. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't have these pieces. I'm gonna have to make something else up, and that's. <laughs> And it's it's really not that difficult to use some MDF or or pink foam or or uh, the uh, cardstock and just build your own. Oh sure, I mean if you want to just make this, you could use anything. I mean, li- I mean, how yeah. many times have we used Pringles cans and stuff like that? You oh know? yeah, you can yeah. use pretty much any of that stuff just to make the setup so that you can play the game. But I wanted to make a couple of nice pieces of terrain, and I'm thinking I've got some ideas. So, so um. That that I'm gonna we'll talk about that in the toolbox I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that do the new Tau stuff is hot. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous, and and there's a new Forge World piece too for Tau. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, that's really expensive too. Oh, it's expensive. The rules are incredible from from what I've seen. Um, and the it, some people are you know crying foul because it's it's actually better than any other super heavy out there and like half the, or or a quarter of the price really? in points wise so everyone's like uh what <laughs> you know how, how See, is this balanced that, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> but that's bad that's actually is bad i don't care if it's your for your army or for someone else's army when stuff gets thrown that off that just messes things up for people yeah. really bad yeah uh, it, it it's unfortunate but we'll see but you know nobody even has it yet so nobody's played with it on the table ah. so you know, it's it's you know you know how people are right, exactly. <laughs> they always crowd foul but uh yeah i mean just seriously right now the main page on the gw website is just a 360 rotating picture of that new monstrosity with weird little close ups and and words flashing across the screen like if in the whatever the towel language is i'm assuming yep just wait a day, and this will all be translated on the net by somebody. <laughs> oh, sure. This is just, I don't know. This is a really cool. I mean, they're doing a really nice job promoting this thing. It, yeah, they are. It's a gorgeous it, model. It better. It's $150. It's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's their night killer. Right. I mean, it's crazy. The thing's like almost, I mean, it's tall too, isn't it? Actually, it's not that tall from the pictures I've seen. It's shorter than a knight. Oh, okay. But then I guess uh, some comparisons I've seen is, you know, it's kind of squatting. So oh. if you modeled it standing straight up, it would be, I guess, as tall as a knight. Okay. Wow. It just, it looks so cool. It does. It's, uh, that, that's pretty groovy. Yeah. So, but that gives us, that gives us a break. Like I go to the, I go to click on Warhammer Age of Sigmar and the pre-orders. There's not even a button for pre-order. There's nothing. It's all out right now. Yes. Go get it. All your corn and all your, all of your Stormcast Eternals. 
Yeah, it gives gives us a chance. Well, I mean, gives those of us that are playing either Stormcast or or Corn to catch up and actually get things painted. <laughs> exactly, and gives everybody else a chance to try the missions because you really yes. can play those. You, you, you well, you've got to play scenarios. But you do. The missions are there. You, I mean, if you've picked up, I mean, the two books have what eight? I think in them a piece. Yes, and then. Um, the Stormcast Eternals book has some. The Chaos Dreadhold has some. The uh, mm-hmm. the Corn Bloodbound has some. I mean, yeah, there's got to be. I mean, there's there's a few dozen uh, uh, scenarios out at this point. Yes, there are. Yeah, which is great. And I, I haven't picked up the Stormcast one. I was listening to Helenhammer's review on it. Um, so I guess there's four additional scenarios in there. Um, and I, I have a good friend that plays with me at the club, and he, he's got it. So I figure we'll we'll get to those scenarios pretty soon, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's I'm enjoying these books. I am kind of picking them all up. I'm reading the fluff. I'm, I'm excited to read the Corn Bloodbound one. Because there's been a lot of coverage in all of these books about the Stormcast Eternals. So their book, I know a lot of that is sort of revamping what we've already been reading. Mm-hmm. But the the Corn Bloodbound's gonna it's I mean, it's stuff that I mean, we all know who Corn is, but it'd be nice to just be reading something that's not sort of re rehashing stuff that's been popping up in other places. Exactly. So I'm excited. And then who knows what's gonna come next? I mean, seriously, the next book I just I'm kind of like okay. You've got your main two. Your two new armies are out. So what's next? What are you gonna? What old army are you going to filter in? I mean, they've they've been bringing the Skaven stuff back mm-hmm. bit by bit, and they brought in the uh, the forest spirit portion of the wood elf right, army. Right, the treekin. So what's next? You know, like there's got to be something. Well, we might have a teaser of what next is going to be with Prisoner of the Black Sun. Okay. Oh, uh, is that the last part? In, in uh... That was the uh, audiobook. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten that. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I, I got it and devoured it over the weekend. And, and Okay. How was it's, it? It's, well, it's, you know, your standard... It's like an hour and 10 minutes or so um, in length, Uh, 68 minutes. So an hour and eight minutes. Um, So, and it's, it's a, it's not a, you know, it's not a book reading. It's an audio drama. So it's got all the, you know, your typical characters, you know, Toby Longworth and everyone that does all the books. Um, And uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, The uh, it's, Set uh, so you do have the Stormcast versus you know the Corn Bloodbound, uh, but the um, it's with the Hollowed Knights, the uh, the Silver oh, okay. Stormcast, right? And uh, so they're searching for a gateway into the realm of Shyish to find Nagash. Oh, because because uh, Sigmar's still pissed. No, actually, apparently they're supposed to be brokering a deal. To try to get him again to to assist Sigmar and not fight against him. Oh, we just keep trusting this guy. Yeah, we like I'm not the guy who plays undead. Yeah, right. Everybody keeps trusting us. I don't know why. Oh, well, you know they're going to betray you eventually. But if you can get some good out of them, yeah, that's true. 
and there's a, a certain vampire character. I don't want to ruin it for everybody that don't, shows up. So don't because I got to read it. I want to hear it, or I want to listen to that, and I need to find out what else is going on. But so that's cool. So look at see tips as to what's coming next. Possibly. Yeah, I'm just I'm very excited. I want them to come out with. You know what's going to happen with the elves? What's going to happen with the dwarves? Let's have let's find out what happened to the Empire of Man. Well, you know, honestly, I'm I'm perfectly fine with there not being any elves in Age of Sigmar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not start that. <laughs> One good turn deserves another, right? <laughs> okay, here's the thing: I know that Tyrion and Teclis weren't able to find any of them, and Malarian couldn't find them except for finding his mom. But didn't somewhere in that book, I could have sworn I read. That like in Sigmar's realm, like before he shut the gates, that you know some dwarves came rushing in for safety. Like people fled other realms to his realm, and I could have sworn they said there were elves there too. I did too. So I was wondering, like, did he just did they did, disappear? Did they leave? Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Did they return to shadow or? Yeah, I mean, are they still there? I mean, because I know Tyrion and Teclis like went around with him for a while, hunting <laughs> stuff down before getting to, you know, getting there. But I mean, when they got there, they must have. There got to be some. I mean, once again, like a little more story. You gave us a little tiny bit, and now I'm sitting there going, "Well, what about that?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out sometime. I, I mean, elves are are you know. I mean, their signature race in Warhammer. I, I can't imagine it'll be too long before we start seeing something. Exactly. But it's a nice little break. Yeah, like I said, we need a, we need a week or two. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. I have no idea what else. I have no clue as to what's coming up next. Um, and I'm quite content with just playing catch up with what I've got at this point. Yes. Yeah, I have lots to read. So. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> yes. So, you know what? Why don't uh, it'll just be easy to quick take a quick break and uh, for me to organize the notes here, and then we'll come back with the toolbox. From Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 <laughs> That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get.
Welcome back. We are back. Back, back, back. My goodness. All right. Um, we're here with the toolbox because, well, it's not an episode without the toolbox. Unless, of course, the fluff episode. Then that's an episode without anything except the fluff. So you know what I'm talking about. So what have you been reading? I'm reading Quest for Galmaraz because I got to finish that and send it off to someone else who's going to read it because I got a we got a special guest for Galmaraz coverage Ooh. coming on wants to talk about that. So we got to finish that up and send that off so that so that we can both talk about it when we cover that in about a month or so. Uh, I also uh, I'm listening to I started listening to the Aeronauts Windless. Oh, Jim Butcher's new book for his new yeah. series, and I just started listening to it. And then, thank you, Cranky Lawyer. Uh, suddenly, a copy came in the mail. So now, if uh, if I could be listening and reading, jumping back and forth between you know whatever's convenient, oh, fortuitous timing. Oh, exactly. Um, I'm so excited. Like even my wife, who hasn't really read the Dresden Files, and that you know. I don't know if she doesn't feel it's her thing or what, but she sort of really never jumped into that series. Hmm. Now there's a new series, and it's the first book, and she uh, she heard Jim Butcher at uh, at uh, Gen Con when he was oh. there. Not this last, but last time when he was there, and he was talking about it and how he was working on it, and she's like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. So now that that's popped up, she's going to read it too. So well, Maybe it'll get her to read the uh, other books. Of course it will. You can't read some Jim Butcher and not want to read all Jim Butcher. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah. So, yeah. This is just like, oh, this is fortuitous. For now, you shall be re- you shall be a part of the group. You will now be reading everything along with the rest of us fools. Yes. So that's what I've been reading. What about you? Well, I picked up Warstorm, the uh, the the book that we'll be reviewing next. Right. Um, so I've been reading through that. Uh, I also picked up at the same time the uh, Quest for Galmaraz novel. Um, so yep. after I'm done with Warstorm, I'll start on that. Um, yep. And then at the same time, uh, I have Prisoner of the Black Sun. So I just finished listening to that audio drama. And I'm, I'm going to be listening to it probably multiple times because it's great <laughs> to listen to while you're hobbying. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I've got the Garrow books. Oh yes, I love. I just honestly, Black Library does really good audio dramas. Like, it's not just an audio book. Yeah, which they do have those too. You know, oh they do. It's mostly for Horace Heresy and yes, um, and they're not on Audible, so you actually have to. Yeah, that's the bummer. I didn't I, I, expect them to be on Audible, but it's just a shame because if they were, I would totally be buying extra credits and just buying those up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what are you going to yeah, do? I've picked up a few of them for the Horus Heresy. They just—it's great to listen to in the car. You know, I, I drive. I commute. It's an, about an hour commute one way for me to work and back. So I get a couple hours of commute time. I listen to you know podcasts or audiobooks while I'm driving. So. Exactly. Exactly. I do the same thing, but um, their audio dramas are really—they're just—they're nicely produced. I mean, they're they really. Are. The background sounds, the sound effects, the you know the different voices, the different things they do. They really make sure that it's a it's a quality production. Even the sort of the mood music that's going on quietly in the background when the when the dialogue is happening, yeah, is is really just all top notch. I really do enjoy it. Um, plus, you know, they're 
if you like those characters, like like the Garrow stories, you know it. Yeah, you know it's, it's like these are extra stories. Like, oh, this is a character I love. Really? Well, here's some of his other adventures. And you're like, they're right. They're uh, they're usually uh, you know about an hour a pop. Yep. Sometimes if you get a really a really involved story, it, it'll be two. You know, I guess it would be two discs or whatever. I you know. Yeah. Um, so then you'll get a, yeah, like, occasionally. Yeah, you'll get a bit longer story, but they're just. So well done, and and so much fun to listen to. So they are, yeah. I go, I go gaga for them. It would be a good way to describe it. Uh, so is that all for our reading? I think so. That's that's what I have on my plate at so the some, moment. Some pretty GW and Black Library centric reading. Got a couple of fanboys here for this stuff. Yeah, yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. So I guess we should move on to hobby then. Yes. Let's. All so right. What have you been up to? Oh, the hobby purge is just about done. By the way. That's, have, that's a good feeling. I have no more GW like still in shrink wrap, other than the one or two pieces that I'm keeping. You know, my third more my my final Mortark. I'm keeping that box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got one or two boxes of demon things that for that I've got, and I've got that that Nurgle army that's built, and I really like that. And it's it, there's so much stuff going on now in the books with it. Then it's like you know what I'm I'm keeping these here. This I'm keeping, and then all I've got left is um, I've got orcs and goblins, wood elves, and uh, empire um, like built and primed. Looking, I'm still I'm still looking to to let them go. Yeah, just to get you know to clear out even more space. Oh, that's um, fantastic! And now that I've finished that, I've been painting this Malifaux crew, uh, this Lilith crew. Um, You're doing Lilith too, huh? Well, that's that's Heather's. That's the one Heather likes, and she'll oh, play with me right. once it's painted. So I have like it's an older crew too. I don't even know if it's good anymore by the new rules. Yeah, Lilith is still good. I've got her and the the two twins, like the female and male demon twins that uh-huh. are a pair. And then there's some Teratots and some, and then you know the, the they change into the bigger ones. Right. I've got those into the Nephilim. Then, yeah. And then I got a giant worm. I don't even know if that's for her, or if that was for someone else, but it's it was like in the pile of these models when I had, that I had built initially. So, um, but yeah, that's what I got going on. I've been working on that, and I'm debating. Um, I, I want to finish it because I want to get the crew done. But I, I I keep looking over at this bare terrain, going I could base coat and dry brush this stuff to halfway finished in an evening, like yeah, like seriously, like assembly lining with a one inch brush. Yep, I could get this stuff like halfway done, like sixteen pieces of it in an evening. Yeah, so easily. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe just taking a, a break to do that, just so that when the stuff's on the table, no matter what game I'm playing, it'll look nicer. Yeah, it's always nice to have that that third third uh, aspect to the game, right? The the terrain right. finished and looking good, right? And, and you know, I've I've got a couple of pieces that are kind of finished, and it's like when they're on the table, wow, it looks much nicer, you know? Yep. And I think sure it especially now that I've got all these extra pieces, I've been putting on the table. I mean, I've got twelve pieces on the table, and using all the forest and stuff like that that I've got. You know, twelve pieces and they're almost all GW pieces. So it does actually have it all fits a solid theme or aesthetic or style. Um so it's just, you know it, It's all it, coming together. Yeah, it's starting to come together as something really 
really cool. So, um, I, I'm like I said, I'm just I'm really enjoying it. I'm 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 liking what it's looking like, and I, I'm very you know it's given it's it's giving me a bit of a hobby rush to look at them and think, okay, I can paint all this quickly, and it's going to be such a huge difference on the table. Yes. So I, I I'm thinking of going at it that way. So. Yeah, it's nice to have those those quick wins. They, right. <laughs> they yeah. they kind of you know they they get you motivated to keep going, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm uh I'm I'm excited about it. I'm 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 just jazzed. But that's that's pretty that's much great. it for my hobby. It's just like I'm starting to feel the mojo again after this last weekend of stuff and starting to do stuff. I'm really There you go. That's great. Yeah, I'm 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 perpetually working on several projects at the same time. I I can't seem to get out of that mode as hard as I try. So I I'm painting up my corn bloodbound uh, and doing a lot of modeling and and basing and working on that and putting that force together. Um, I've been working on a lot of terrain right now for Age of Sigmar to to theme my tabletop. Um, I, I'm going to the Las Vegas Open um, nice. in 2016. So uh, I'm I'm going to be playing in the Warzone Resurrection Tournament. I have my Warzone uh, army already painted, so that I'm good on, thankfully. Um, but then I'm also going to be in the 30K Horse Heresy event. Oh, really? Yeah. So what I'm, are you playing I'm for that? Mechanicum. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> so I, I actually was working on a World Eaters army, but when when the book four came out and uh, for for the knights, and then what we already had for the Mechanicum, and then uh, you know I, I uh, of course listened to independent characters and know Carl and and the guys, and so yep. when they did the coverage on that, and they mentioned yeah you could have a Mechanicum force with knights allies, and and I was like. All robots. That's too cool. So I started, you know, sketching out what the army would look like. And I, uh, when I went to Adepticon, I, I picked up a bunch of pieces. So now I'm, I'm finally putting them together and painting them. All right, fantastic. And you got a deadline, so. And I got a deadline, which is what I always need. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it helps motivate me. It so really I don't does. keep switching. No, it really it it does. I think it's sometimes sometimes you need that bit of motivation. Uh, yes. I know I have needed it many times. So yeah, and then I'm I'm also mentioning Lilith. I'm I'm putting together a Malifaux crew with Lilith, and um, I have some friends down at our club that are are going to be teaching me how to play Malifaux, and and then we're also doing a Kings of War uh, Escalation League right now. Oh, really? So yeah, we're starting at 750 points, and then every couple of weeks we're going to be adding 250 points to the to the size of the armies, um, and uh, we're we're putting together a whole little campaign. You know, the like uh, this week, whoever won the first week gets to set up the terrain and decide who has first turn. Okay. So you know we we played through. Um, you, you had done that campaign 
set that you'd put together uh, last year, right? And uh, you'd ask people to to look it over and and you know give you feedback and ideas. And my group was one of the people that actually took that and ran with it. And we ran a whole campaign uh, using base based off your rules with modifications. Um, and uh, what we found though is as we got into the seventh, eighth game, a couple of the players, because of the awards that we had been giving people, ended up getting so powerful that nobody could beat them any longer. Aha, okay. And I'm they, glad they, somebody got to play that campaign because I got it all and sent it out to all our local players and everybody liked it, and we never managed to get all the players together to get the actual campaign started, but then, then the campaign never happened. So, Ah, <laughs> oh, the best laid plans. Yeah, so what we're doing with this one is instead of allowing users to or players to, um, you know, get awards that they could actually keep, like, you know, you get a special magic item or an extra unit or, you know, items like that, we're doing one offs. So, you know, like this, you know, you, you're able to set up the train and pick who goes first because you won last game. That means you got to choose, you know, and set up and prep the battlefield for your next battle. Um, we in the, the following game, we're doing a uh, one-time six-inch uh, inspiration. Okay. So it's you know if you won the ne- the second battle the second week, then um, you happen to capture a captain, cut off his head, and you have his head on a pike. So it's it's like a banner, uh, <laughs> and and it yeah gives, okay. Right. Um, maybe this is my corn side showing a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> but it'll give a, a one time you have to at the beginning of the game, you have to declare what unit that that banner is in. And it gives you a one time inspiration roll for with a six inch radius. So that's that's basically like a bravery roll in Age of Sigmar. Oh, sure. Um so so we're doing things like that. And so we'll, it'll be one-off little things you can get. You can use them once. And once you use them, they're gone. They don't carry over. Uh, and that way nobody becomes, you know, unkillable. Oh, that, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how that would work out on mine. I was actually looking forward to seeing what would happen. But uh, I suppose if you win quite a few in a row and get a couple of good rolls, you could be, get ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we found. <laughs> Well, hey, it happens. I mean, we have, like yeah. I said, I, I, I wanted to make it more of, I guess I was pulling almost like, you know, sort of the Necromunda sort of ideas onto the full battle scale, you know, allowing uh, character, uh, units that could be, that could be get, gain experience and get bonuses, but then you always had to take them. Like once they became named, they had to show up in your army. Yes. You know, things like that were pretty... Uh, like I said, I, I just thought it would be cool. I'm, I'm kind of jealous that you guys got to play it out, and I, and I didn't. And I, I remember sitting I, – I mean, I, I like doing stuff like that, though. Like, I, you know, I, I do, too. I, I don't know how many hours – I mean, I've spent – I don't know. I'm going to spend 100 hours just sitting around writing up rules, coming up with ideas, putting things together. This works. That doesn't work. Getting those lists up. But, you know, sometimes writing a game is fun, you know? And, it is. And with the Mighty Empire stuff sort of already set up and other people sending me their ideas. I mean, a lot of the stuff I had, I was just sort of cherry picking from other people's campaigns. But then to get it all to balance and to work and to make sense. And I was trying to throw everything in there. You remember the original rules. We also had the oh, yeah. stuff moving around so there could be Storm of Magic games being played in there. Yeah. And, and we did play Storm of Magic, too. Oh, did you? That's fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was so much fun to write. I'm glad you guys were playing it and enjoying it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's nice to you. hear you guys are playing. Even though you guys are playing AOS, you guys are trying out a little Kings of War. You're trying out a little Malifaux. Yeah, that's you know what we found now is kind of what we're settling into is playing like multiple games. So you know we have Age of Sigmar, we have Kings of War, we have Wrath of Kings, uh-huh. um, which How is you another like the one. Wrath of Kings. Oh, we we're there, so six of us went in on the Kickstarter together, so we got one of every faction. Oh, nice! Uh, so we've all been just bringing our stuff. No, uh, only one of our players, who's a really good painter, has finished his army. The rest of us are all. It's another thing on everybody's workbench right now. Right. Um, but but yeah, we're really enjoying the game. The scenarios are a lot of fun. Uh, the the models are fun, and it's it's, it's a good game. Yeah, that's one that I I have I downloaded the PDF for the rules and I've got a couple of factions that I've been looking over. I get a little confused with the with the little numbers along the sides of the card when you do damage oh. and stuff like exactly how that works. Yeah. But um that's a fun one. Maybe if I get a you know, I should I should try to get a game in or two so we can do a do an episode on that because that's a game that's not that I, I, I think looks fun. I had the demo at Gen Con. I had fun with it when I was at Gen Con. And I do love those models that I got. Yeah. Because I have I have uh, Shelhan. Is that what it's called? Yes. And then the um, the vampires and werewolves. The um, Goritzi. That's it, Goritzi. Yeah. So that's the, yeah. those are the two I have, thanks to Andy Sherman, who helped me out with that. Um. I've got those, those two going on. And they're just, it's like, oh, this is fantastic i love these models this is so cool yeah yeah i have the uh technus and then i have the uh nasir oh yeah and uh the nasir is like the the kind of japanese themed in a way samurais ish and then the technus are the pigmen yeah so (laughs) with the little midgets and that are are all crazy and and the the psycho babies but it fights kind of cool it does. It does. And and it, the nice thing is each army has their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So th- they all have a unique flavor. And the cool thing is if you go and look on their website, they give you these little two-minute videos that basically tell you exactly what that playstyle and fight style is like. So it's like if this is how you like to play, you can I mean you you can always just pick by oh this looks cool. But if there's a certain play style that you know you have, they'll tell you, which, you know, this is the play style for this army. So if that's the way you play, this will be the army that you might have the most fun playing. Right. You know, which is I think is kind of neat. It's like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool that you're going to, you know, that they've got it. Just They basically come right out and tell you that in each of these two these little two-minute videos for every mm-hmm. for every faction. So, yeah, that's something I need to get a little more looking into. I just, you know. Like, I don't have enough going on on my plate. Tell me about it. It's one of the cool things, though. I mean, you know, now that I'm not practicing all the time or, like, practicing, listen to me. Now that I'm not always preparing for the next tournament, though, you know, it's like, oh, I've got time to do these other things, you know? Well, and, you know, one thing that 8th edition, the you know, it was, you know, 140-some-odd page of rules 
there's constantly rules that I was forgetting. There's, you know, so many rules for each individual army. So I was constantly trying to play different armies so I could keep up to date on what, you know, what's the latest build, what, you know, what can this, you know, what's their strengths and, and trying to familiarize myself with it so that I could go to a tournament and not just embarrass myself. Yep. So, so it was a lot of work, (laughs) you know, um, now with these games, you know, I mean, Wrath of Kings is like twenty some odd pages of rules. Um, King of Kings of War is forty some odd pages of rules. Age of Sigmar is four, um, but then when you add in all the rule scroll, uh, war scrolls for the train and and the different units, oh, yeah. you know, it's it, it gets much bigger. But still, you know, all these games. It's not like you have a 200-page tome of rules that you're constantly trying to keep familiar with. So it, it's lending itself to where, like I said, we're we're playing different games every week, and a lot of these games you can play. You know, I mean, Eighth Edition it was a three-hour game, um, right? It, but most of these games are an hour, hour and a half. So we're playing like a couple different games a night. And, and it's a lot of fun. I used to start to get a little confused between different game systems and different sets of rules, but a lot of <clears> them <throat> are so, they're very different, but a lot of them are, have, have really worked at, so once you kind of sort of get it, it's pretty streamlined. Yes. So there's, the, there's depth, but not the, uh, there's, you know, depth and complexity. Yes. A lot of depth in the games. Not as much complexity. I see a lot of these games are moving yes. towards that, and um, I, I kind of like it. You know, yeah, I, I, I do too. Yeah, I like not having to look up every single thing in my rule book. Me um, too. Although, speaking of which, I spent the entire weekend playing Infinity, right. where I basically spent over half the game looking in my rule book because <laughs> that, I mean, that's insane. But that's so much fun too. That I got. I got to say, wow, how much fun did I have playing that? But that that's actually for a later segment. But holy mackerel, the exact opposite. Talk about just constantly looking up stuff in my rule book. But again, I was learning how to play. A lot of us were learning how to play this weekend. Like uh, we all, I see. It was this. It was it was a tournament in in name and style, but it was very loosey goosey mm. with all the stuff. So we were able to just sort of, you know, I mean, most people sitting down across the table, you know, I think at least half of us were really still like we had the basics down. But we were still just sort of all learning together, um, and it was. It, but see. it was. It was so much fun. So oh, that's fun. great. It was so good. So, um, well, we've sort of been all over. So, did we finish up our hobby talk? I I think so. <laughs> I think so too. So let's just hit the other. Do you got any other going on? Any other like stuff you're doing just outside of the hobby? Any other fandom stuff that you're way into that you're doing? Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm working insane hours, like 12 hours a day, six days a week right now. Ouch. Sometimes more. Um, I've had a few 16-hour days uh, on a semi-regular basis. So, oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's just really busy with work. But when I do get some downtime, I, if I'm not hobbying, then I usually sit down kind of brain-numbed in front of my Xbox, and, and I've been playing Dishonored recently, which is an older game that I never, I bought and just never had a chance to actually sit down and play. So I'm, okay. I'm finally getting to do that. Oh, that sounds like fun. I, yeah, I have been, um, okay. Outside of playing the stupid one game I have that I play on my phone, 
which is the stupid Horace <laughs> Horace Heresy drop uh, drop commander uh, or whatever. Oh it is. yes, and um, Harrison's other preview for the X Files is going to be starting up again. If you haven't, oh, seen oh yes, that. and so he's like, you know, Dad, I always heard that was a good show. I'm like, wait, you've never watched any X Files? Like, no. I'm like, you know, it's like all on Netflix, right? He's like, really? I'm like, yep. He's like, should we be starting that? I'm like, why not? <laughs> yeah, I did. When I first got Netflix, when they had no streaming, when it was disc by disc, and I had the three disc uh, uh, membership, yep. I did all the X Files that way. I'm like, I'll do it again. Why not? Of so, course. So we're starting up X Files from the beginning. So that's what I've been doing. That's been all of my extra hobby. All right, you know what? Let's take a break. We've been going for a while. I need yep. a break. Um, listen, before before you and I come back, Christian, through the magic of editing, um, I'm going to be talking in just a minute with Chris Yu. Chris Ooh. is back. Uh, he ran a tournament in his house. You know, I hear about people running tournaments in their house, and I was like, how big can that be? Because I could fit like three or four tables tops. Like, it can't be big. But uh, Chris ran an infinity tournament with eight tables. Wow. Yeah, we're going to talk all about it uh, when we come back. And then after that, we'll come back and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, modeling and basing and things like that. Unique Gibson Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. We are back and back with the man himself, the U-Tang. Oh, man, I'm so nervous. I'm on Garage Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being a guest, Mr. U? It's it's very odd, you know? <laughs> it's 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 been forever since you and I have talked, but not really since we see each other all the time. But Yeah. Uh, well, hey, you know what? You're, you know, you said you'd come back if there was something cool to talk about or something you were interested in. We got a little Infinity stuff going this last weekend, and here you are. Yeah, Ufinity 2015 uh, is now in the books. The inaugural tournament. Yeah. All right. So, 
I've already mentioned it, I think, on the show. In fact, uh-huh. I mentioned it right before we came on here when I was talking to Christian uh, through the magic of editing. Uh, you had a tournament at your house. Eight tables. Now, granted, they're four by fours, but still eight tables. Eight tables, indeed. So, okay. So, really what I wanted to do was so we're at this point where a lot of people are jumping into the game, uh, learning stuff and experimenting. So, I figured, okay, this is a great time to have everybody over in the same place. We can all more or less be on the same level. You're going to have your you know veterans and more experienced players here or there. We'll get everyone together and play some games. There'll be kind of a learning learning experience where there's not the pressure of, of tournament performance, right? Right. So a lot of people jumped in to help. John Sawicki, he's uh, the, the Chicagoland Infinity guy. He hooked me up what? with a lot of Adepticon terrain. Oh, was that the dude who was uh, giving us a, like like sort of like walking around like a yeah, sort of a judge? Yeah, yeah, giving kind of chiming in with a, a advice here or there. Yeah, okay. That was uh, awesome, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he actually came with two other experienced guys, too, Alex and Eric. So they kind of walked around and helped as well. So that was that was cool. So yeah, we got the tables all set up. Uh, got the wife's blessing, which was key because not only were we playing here, but people were staying here as well, Friday and Saturday nights. Well, dude, okay, you had like you said, you had Rotor and Braska come mm-hmm. in from Minnesota. You had Relian and Andrea come yep. in from Detroit. I mean. I mean, you had people coming from out of state for this, and it was like, you know, it was casual, but people were making making the trek to have a good time and roll some dice. Right. Well, you know, it's it kind of recreates that whole hanging out with bros mentality at tournaments, but on a very much a smaller scale. So I think all told, there were probably about twelve of us. I want to say, yeah, um, maybe seven of who stayed over. Right. Uh, so it was real, you know, kind of casual, low key, and 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 cozy, really. And it was, you know, the people that you hang out with at or we hang out with at tournaments, but just much more condensed. Proved what a lot of people have been saying over the past three months is: I don't really care what game we're playing as long as we all agree to play, and we're all going to hang out with our friends. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, my wife, bless her heart, she she stayed here Friday night, but then left Saturday morning and took the kids with her. So we pretty much had the run of the house the day of the actual event, which yep. is nice. Yeah. And she, they, yeah. So, <laughs> so what, I mean, wh- why, what, like what prompted you to be like, you know what, I'm just going to give up my home and invite all these people. Like not a lot of people would do that. Not a lot of people can do that. I mean, outside of getting your wife's blessing, what mm-hmm. prompted the idea of, I mean, because you know we have a league at UG, or you guys have a league at UGG. I'm not in this. Right. I'm not in this one right now. Um, you have a league. There's lots of local players. Sure, local tournaments that are happening. Right. So, what prompted you to just be like inviting everybody we know from all over the place? Right. To, to... Well, I, you, with the, the the house that we've had, it was always my dream to have back in the day a Warhammer tournament here, much in the same vein. Um, and, you know, with with Warhammer and with kind of the gaming ebb and flow of your preferences, Infinity seemed like a good time, especially now since all these new people are coming into the fold. I figured, OK, now is the time to do it. You know, I have the space. I'm new to the game. We're all new to the game. Let's pull it together. We'll, we can get terrain. Um, we can all kind of dive into this head first all at the same time. Cool. So just so there's a there's a Facebook group out there that's kind of for Warhammer people moving making the move to Infinity. I think it's for it's uh, Infinity for Warhammer WHF Fantasy Bros, yeah. right? It's maybe 30, 40 people. Mhm. Yeah, I'm in that too. Yeah, yeah, we're, a bunch of people are on there. So I just put, kind of put out a blanket announcement. So and the thing the beauty of it is we know most of these people pretty well, so I was 
totally comfortable inviting these people not only to play here, but stay here as well. Right. And, uh, you know, true to form, there was you know, no issues whatsoever, at least that I know of. I mean, nothing's missing or whatever. Nothing's broken. Nothing's and everyone was missing. really. What's that? Nothing's missing. You're right. Yeah. And everyone was really, you know, well behaved and there, you know, stuff didn't break or no one was swinging from the chandelier. So <laughs> there's there was, no like. There was no risk crazy drunken like shenanigans. There was Not just a bunch of guys hanging out having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was it was really fantastic. It, I mean, I I can't say it enough. I don't remember the time I've had more fun at a, at, even at a GT. I can't remember really just having more oh, fun. Wow. That's because, that's high praise. Well, I mean, part of it was that there was absolutely no pressure. It was totally yeah. laid back. Like we all were playing and trying to win our games and learn what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and by my last game, I actually felt like okay, I understand this this you know, group this this list I have at least, you know. Like what's capabilities and what right. I can do. Sure. I, I took a purposely limited list because I just like I want to make sure I learn how to do this thing. So it was um for those who know, two hundred points of ITS and the four scenarios were straight from the book in that order. I forget offhand what they were. I think Armory was one of them, uh Supremacy, uh, whatever the other two were. Annihilation. Um, mm-hmm. And then the null zone. Oh Nim- Nimbus Zone was the last yeah, one. Yeah, Nimbus Zone. Ugh. Yeah, oh, that one's rough. So Actually, yeah, I had fun with that because I like to run those commands where you get to move four guys at a time. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, if you do decide to attack, you can attack one target. Your main guy only gets half his shots, and everybody else only gets one. Correct. Yeah. So going through the Nimbus Zone, they still all got their one. Yeah. And there's four. So I was like, I was getting three or four extra shots by using that group coordination. Right. Than I would have gotten had I just went individually with the guys mm-hmm. so i was like oh this works for me i kind of like this yeah no, that's pretty pretty good see as you play the game you learn different things and i you dude i'm still learning i, I oh, came yeah. back tonight i was telling you before from my league game and i just got pasted and it's a third game in a row where i've got pasted now you're playing, i thought i had a pretty good handle on the game but yeah I guess <laughs> you're playing last. Ching, right <laughs> yeah and who are you playing who did you play against like what army uh i played my Yujing imperial service against a local player, Chris, and his nomads. Okay. We played uh, Supremacy. And yeah, he just, he just dominated. I'm still in the mindset of almost like Warhammer where, well, I've got to kill more than you kill of me. Where it's not really about that. It's about the scenario and, and winning points. <laughs> that's the way I play it, though. If I kill most of your guys, then I can then I can go get all the scenario points without right. dying. Right. That's and it, it's it's hard to really work that because the game is only three turns. Right. You spend all the time, you know, killing and trying to kill the other person's stuff, which is fine. But then there's you know they're winning objectives every turn, and yeah, it's it puts you behind the eight ball. So I really have to change my mentality. Yeah. It, it, it's it's it's. It's a very complex game. Now, you had these guys coming around who, like you said, mm-hmm. the, these... Uh, what was, I kind of sort of the veteran players. Right. Yeah. And I, I was playing against Ken, who's the owner of UGG, like sure. the show sponsor. And they sort of came in and saw what we were doing and sort of kind of camped out and watched the game. Yeah. And it was really cool. Now, our game took forever because they were like... It was so funny. They each kind of took one of us. And it was a bit of rock'em, sock'em robots as they sort of watched us. And not only did they answer our rules questions... But me and Ken were both trying to kind of figure out how to use our armies. Right. So, like, we were kind of shooting our – like, they didn't tell us what to do. But, like, we would shoot strategies past them and they'd ask us questions. Like, well, why would you do that? What are you trying to do here? What is this for? Oh, I see. Okay. You know, and so it took us a while. But it's like, okay, now we understood our armies. Like, the one thing that I just – that totally blew my mind is, like, so you're going to move. Are you – you know, you're going to move over here and, and shoot, right? I'm like, yes. He goes, so do your full move. 
So it's okay. like I moved up to where I was. We we saw what the cover was, where the shooting was, mm-hmm. and then I finished my move moving back into cover, and then we did the shooting. He's like, your full move is going to happen. Mm. You know, it was like because you know how it, you know how in in infinity, you know, you do your first half or your your you know, your mm-hmm. short move and your second short move. Right. Well, if your first short move is movement, but halfway through your movement is where you're going to actually do your shooting. Uh-huh. You know, whether you get because you get ARO'd or whatever. Right. He's like, as as long as you don't die, your character your model is going to finish its whole move. They're like, no, you should do that whole move first. Do it. This is where it's at. Okay, now finish the move. So that everyone knows where that's done, mm-hmm. then roll your stuff. Which I thought was just—it was such a weird concept for me to wrap my head around in the beginning. So, what what advantage does that offer you? Um, actually, the only advantage that it offered me was remembering that at the end of the move, like when I wanted my guy to get back into cover. Uh huh. You know, like you said, you're peeking around the corner, shooting, and then moving right. back into cover. Is it do the move, shoot, get back into cover, or finish your move, know where your guy's going to go, because. Then when you go to the shooting, you forget to finish your first half. You know what I'm saying? If move mm-hmm. is your short move and your second move is shoot, but you're stopping halfway through your move to do the shooting part, mm-hmm. you might forget. I mean, I, I found, and so did Ken, that we were forgetting to go back and finish the rest of our move. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like I got four inches to move. I moved three. Right, this right. is where the shooting's oh, going. Oh, I see. I've right. got an inch left. There was a couple of times I moved out and did all the shooting and then forgot to move that guy back into oh, cover. Oh, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. You definitely want it because you, you, otherwise he's left out in the open, right? Or right. you can get a better cover position. And they're like, no, do the whole move. You've moved. You guys have determined this is where the shots are going. You know what's happening. You don't need him to be there anymore. And they're like, and if you do, put one of the little uh, silhouettes there mm. and then finish your guy's move. And I was just like, oh, you can do that? He's like, yeah, you should do that. Like, right. It's so funny because these guys look out. I mean, they, they're they looking at the table, and I'm watching them looking at each other and just kind of pointing and shaking their hands and moving things and like yeah, nodding yeah. at I, each the, other. The whole week, I mean, they were pretty cool about it. So the whole weekend, I could see the looks on their faces like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, or you should definitely be doing that. <laughs> and some of the players, I won't say who, but uh, they felt that those guys were a little bit too forward in terms of offering up tactical advice. Well, okay. well, And, and you know what? Here's the thing. They were there, and I, you know, some people wanted them there for rules clarification, but wanted no tactical advice because right, they wanted to learn the tactics on their own. And that's some of the fun of the game. It is the trial and error, right? Me personally, when I was playing with Ken on the other side of the table, yes, it took the game longer, mm-hmm. but like each of them took one of us. And like I said, it was kind of like rock'em, sock'em robots. We each, right. they each took one. And so they were each offering advice. And I, you know what? I had no idea that I could even do some of these things. Mm-hmm. So hearing the tactics from a guy who knows how to play, I was like, oh, wait, I can, you know, it's like those little bits right. that you pick it, up. So, you know, one of the game rounds, uh, when, when those guys first showed up, um, like I was busy, you know, cooking and doing all the other stuff that a host usually does. So I I, I told, I asked one of the guys, uh, Alex, because he plays Yu Jing, hey, can you play my army for, you, for me this round? It really helped me out. And then he did. And it was great because i could see what he was doing with my army oh right it's really great to see because okay you're choosing to do this and you know how does that work and why'd you do that so that was actually pretty cool to see well and that's actually kind of funny because i now two other times that happened i played brad Mm -hmm. uh for my uh third game yeah because i played andrew in my second game then i played brad and brad also has Pano. Pano. Playing a completely different list than mine. And seeing how somebody who's been playing it a lot and kind of has a real good... Like, he just came in and, and pinned me in a corner and decimated uh, the, the game. But I was like, oh, okay, you can do those things with your... Right. It, it's, it's cool to see someone else doing it who's played it more and 
see what they're doing. Yeah, you make a mental note of it. Next time you could do that to the, the next person. Right? Well, that even happened in our, in your last game, didn't you, with Braska? Mm-hmm. You guys were both playing. You you guys play the same. He's like, I wasn't even trying to win. I was just moving forward and seeing what would happen. Yeah, it was, it was totally, watching. yeah, totally. And I could tell that he was kind of almost shadowing me in, a, in in some respects, like watching me, what I, what I was doing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of the remotes, like he had never read up on what those do, like, oh, those have holograms, and they do that. So yeah, it's, 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 it's cool to see other people, you know, with different experience levels, play what you play, so you can totally absorb that, and see it in action, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, like I said, every game I had was a fun, and that's part of it, because we were all totally just trying to learn. Like, I wasn't worried about like I mean, we were all trying to win our game, but I don't think anyone was really concerned about where they were placing or anything like that. I, I don't think so. No. Even though I, I did have the you know an official spreadsheet for for scoring, and we kept track of uh, objective points and uh, secret objectives, and uh, well, you know, and that just kept people on target and kept them right. focusing on the game instead of literally just sitting around and and pushing things around and seeing what happened. Mm-hmm. It made them actually play the game and play the scenario. I mean, my last game was against Rotor, and I, I mean, I had a blast. I, I think he had a good time, too, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out that silly screen and how things worked. I'll tell you right. what, that, that Nimbus thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's got that weird area in the middle that basically acts like cover for everybody because you sure. get the, the minus three to... Minus three to hit, minus one burst. Right, so minus one to your shooting, you know, minus three to hit everybody. But minus three is what cover counts as. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for the first time, I've and you've watched me play. I put everyone behind cover and then peek sure. them out and start shooting people, and that's like sort of my my thing. I was like, well, forget it. I'm just going to run them into this thing because How did that work the, out. You know what? It didn't work out too bad. Like because for the first time, I had them and I had like my whole. I, mean, I had like ten guys in my army, so mm-hmm. I had like five of them kind of out in the open there. So every time Rotor ran a guy out to go and shoot, I had like five AROs against him. Oh, jeez. Because my guys were like, I mean, it wasn't like they was, you know, it wasn't like I was hidden around a corner or something. It was like five guys all sort of facing in right. that general direction. He ran past. I was like, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Yeah. I was like, did you did you do a lot of suppressive fire orders in that situation? No, I didn't because I didn't even think about it because you lose the, you get the minus one to, to the. Right. Attack and I'm like, well, they get one shot and it's a minimum of one, so I'll just take the regular okay. ARO. Plus, normally I get a- an a one. You know, you get one usually. I don't. Right. I, I rarely have four or five guys all catching him as he's moving. Right, right. Yeah, that's ooh, that's a pretty risky thing that he did then to take that many shots. It's ballsy. Yeah, I mean, but he just you know he ran out and he's like, I'm going to shoot this guy, and it's like, well, all of these guys are sort of in the open and they can mm-hmm. all see, and that's not how I normally play. So it was really kind of weird and crazy tactics going on in that yeah you'll find you'll be you're, you're going to be doing different things depending on the mission depending on what models you have left on the table right uh, yeah you'll you'll find yourselves in different situations and that's that's uh the part of the great uh, thing about this game is the varied landscapes in, in terms of what you're liable to come up against and face well the other thing that i found really fun because i even played against uh i played against mcclure the night before we're just sort of learning and playing mm-hmm. is i mean seriously i've played against a nomad army. I played one game in the league against that guy. I think it was the same guy you played. With, okay, with the Chris, nomad army, yep. and uh, and then I played against you. Mm. Like so, I've played against Yu Ching and and the nomads. And so I went right. there, and people were playing all sorts of stuff. Like uh, what was what was Ken playing? They had these guys walking around with personal shields. Yeah, or personal yeah. They're, uh, he's he plays combined army, but that's just Fosti uh, sectorial. Oh yeah, I mean. 
Yeah, those like, guys what? are crazy. Like the impersonation is just so hard to oh, counter. Yeah. He's got. I mean, it was just that was part of the fun was going around and without any pressure. Because without any, like, you know, it's not like we had a big tournament prizes or you weren't going right. for big big bragging rights or, oh, I won. Because everyone was sort of new. Mm. It's like, what does that do again? And they're showing you, and it's like, wow, that's actually really cool. Yeah, look what else I could do. Oh, you could do that? And it was just such a... Yeah, it take, kind of takes the edge off, right? Uh, it's not about, you know, winning the whole thing or, or tournament rankings, although we did collect ITS pin numbers. And uh, submit. We're going to submit those for those who are willing and able. Hey, um, I've got a. I, I, and you know what? It's kind of cool because that little stuff. You're like you're forcing. You're dragging me in. Right. I I've got my iPad charged up, which I haven't used in a while, so I can get the the app, the MayaNet. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I got an ITS number, which is which. For those who don't know, could you explain that? Because I'm not even 100 percent certain what it does, other than record sure. tournaments. So scores. ITS stands for Infinity Tournament System. Uh, if you want to register and be official. You register for your ITS pin, which is free. You just go to the, the Corvus Belly website, and you're issued an ITS pin. Whenever you go to a tournament, that's your, your ID number for, for all intents and purposes. So that you, nationally and maybe even internationally, it will track your scores and rank you. And if you're, if you're interested in following all that stuff, I, I'm not personally, but you can see you know, how you stack up against other people around the world. It's sort of like the, the what was it? The, what was that website that we all used to use for Warhammer? when they used to do the rankings. Um, rankings HQ. Right, correct. Exactly like In that. Corvus Belly, or Infinity, does their own Rankings HQ. Mm-hmm. So they just keep track of it for you. Send it into them. Right. And they've got a, a, a list there of all the you know, all the tournaments you played and your, mm-hmm. and your points and stuff. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. Um, which I thought was a really cool thing. You yeah, know, yeah. And then, it, is, it is cool that way. And even to make it official at the end... I did scrape together a couple prizes for the winner for best overall and best painted, which we did vote for best painted. Yes, we did. So uh, Tom McClure ended up winning best overall, and I got him in, I think I got it at Adepticon maybe, um, that a was Battle Foam Army bag. Yeah, that was they were giving out the shield bags for the 10th anniversary. Right. So it was just sitting on you know in my basement. It had been there for a couple years. Yes, and because ro- I remember Rotor was cracking up because it had all these cobwebs on it. It had cobwebs on it. It really did. It was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, and and Andrea ended up with the first prize that I had was a bottle, a, a spray can of um, primer from Armory, which, which was really old, and you brought, warned her. Not well, to no, use. it's not old; it's almost brand new. I had just bought it like two weeks prior. Oh, literally. really? You're but like, this paint is terrible. Don't use it. It's bad because I, I I tried spraying it, and it 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 just had that sandpaper effect and oh, ruined okay. a batch of minis. So it's kind of a gag gift. And the other one was, I don't know, this breakdancing DVD that I don't know where I ended up with it, but that was Okay, don't lie. That was that, that was your <laughs> Right. You know you're you gonna ask me to breakdance? You were in the basement with your piece of cardboard. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, but when I realized that she plays Aleph, I did have a spare Aleph mini that I was planning on using as a um, advanced deployment drop troop. Oh, cool. Which I figured, oh, if she plays Aleph, then, you know, she earned it, so, you know, she, she, she can get that. Oh, yeah, so, she seemed really in excited. the end, I think the prizes were legit, right? Yep. Well, heck, I was mad because I had to go, and, I like, before he we went, I pulled out that, that disc and read the back of the box mm. about all the different, you know, hip-hop, uh, you know, <laughs> breakdancer things on there. And you guys wound up watching part of that, didn't you? Was that even we remotely did, hysterical? We did. It, just, it was ridiculous. It was so bad. The, the mental image of us sitting in my living room watching that is forever seared into my into my mind. Is one of the funniest things I've 
ever ever witnessed because it's just so random. Well, and I was reading that, going, "Oh my god!" I wish, honestly, and it seems so stupid. I wish I could have saved to see it because it was like <laughs> over four hours of bonus footage of epic uh, breakdance battles at this place, and I was just like, "You're kidding!" And they were like, they're like, "We have to watch this." Right. Yeah. So and yeah. Two so DVDs, we, we watched that basic and advanced breakdance technique. Yep. Oh my goodness. And I still have that DVD because Andrea, I guess. I don't know. I oh, guess she didn't want it, it, but who knows why? But uh-huh. I still have it, so you know we could put that towards the prize for the for next year. Great. <laughs> Speaking of which, I did talk. The thing is, at the end of the weekend, you know, I thought, okay, I'm gonna. Everyone's gone, and it, you know, I'll I'll put everything away, and you know, it'll be it'll suck, but I'll have you know have to clean it all. But two McClure, Tom McClure and Domus actually stayed late later and helped clean up everything oh so really that, oh that's really nice of yeah him. yeah it was amazing so by the time my, my wife came home everything was done and, oh, and back that's in cool. its place oh and see yeah see and that scores real points when she comes huge, home huge and it's not and, like oh your crap is all still out all over the place it's like oh, oh look it looks like no one was even here exactly right so when she came home happy i thought well Maybe this might open the door for one next year. And she goes, I already knew that you were going to ask. But she said it with a smile, which means we're in. Nice. Yeah. Now, so big it, shout oh, out see, to McClure and uh, Domus. Because they, now it's going to be they, popular. They we're going to have trouble. It's going to be, there's going to be, you have a, you're going to have 16 for certain. It's going to be a wait list now. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know how you're many. Gonna have yeah, to move this to a, you're going to have to move this to a, pl- a bigger place. Right. Ufinity is going to be a thing. It'll, it's own thing. Well, if, if, if you got to keep it inside the house, right? That's the whole point. Yeah, no, dude. Seriously, that was so cool. And I mean, just out there grilling in the like fifty mile an hour winds. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fierce. It was great because Brosco was helping me grill, and he he taught me a couple grilling tips, which was huge. Oh, really? Yeah, just the way that you season those burger patties with a little salt and with uh, some other meat seasoning. Yeah. And that was that was really good. And man, you guys ate those burgers up like it was going out of style. Next time I know, let's talk up on burger patties and cheese because those thing, those two things went like okay. Nuts. You can never have enough cheese when Apparently I make burgers. Not. I have two slices per burger. That's how I buy cheese when I do Jeez. that because you never know, dude. Some people like cheese, you know. And uh, dude, I mean, we're chow hounds. You saw us when we had the all-you-can-eat pizza. We we put that place out of business almost. It's funny because I well, usually when 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 our family grills, we'll grill up some onions and do some vegetables. I'm like, anyone want lettuce? Not a peep. <laughs> Any anyone want grilled onions? See, I Not didn't a peep. hear that. I would have been like, grilled onions. Hell's yes, I'll make some grilled onions. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm all over the grilled onions, oh, but I love those it. two things, yeah, they nope. didn't really go for but, burgers. But, yeah, cheese. Yeah, they want crazy for that. So mental note. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, there was some chow hounding going on. I mean, there was all that pizza left too. Like, I mean, there was just there was no, there was no. And I mean, dude, people came in. I mean, what was, there was like, I mean, there was about no kidding, like twenty pounds of chips at your house. Oh, tons of chips. A lot of which we did. It wasn't even opened. I don't know. For I mean, whatever reason. sixteen people aren't going to go through all that food. I, I mean, we had, well, we had I mean, pizza, <laughs> burgers, bagels, hot dogs, munchkins, donuts. Yeah. You know, oh, tons of donuts. I mean, you went out and uh, you brought, uh, you did a huge salad and brought in bagels and and donuts Saturday morning. Well, you know, I, it, you're letting us use your house. The least I figured I could do was spring for some food. So we got some pizza Saturday or Friday, and then yeah. you know it's like, hey, could you? 
I'm like, I like donuts. I like bagels. I I, I should have got a box of coffee. That was the only thing that I totally tanked on. I no, that's right. We we, it, we brewed some coffee here, so it was fine. Like Droider said, that was your time to shine. So you came out. <laughs> you came through in a big way. Well, I I thank you. Thank you I for saying that. Because yeah, no. I mean, hey, you, you gave you gave us your house for the weekend. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's big, you know. You know what? You know what's funny is uh, we we had air mattresses set up, and some of the some of the people used uh, kids' bedrooms, whatever. Uh, Lou, for whatever reason, decided to sleep in the basement. I, that's what I heard. I thought you guys were joking. Like, no, he 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 just he, slept he on the that, concrete. I I don't know. That night he was like, "Hey, I'll just, I'm just gonna sleep in the basement." I'm like, "Why? There's you can sleep up here. There's the." You know, couch or even an extra bed if you wanted. He's like, no, I, I like sleeping in the basement. I, I thought I kind of half thought he was joking. The next morning, sure enough, he comes up out of the basement. I'm like, did you sleep down there? He's like, yeah. I'm like, why? He's like, ah, uh, you know, I was watching a movie, just relaxing. I like it down there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he definitely okay. marches by his own beat. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But so that seriously, was, that was pretty funny. And I gotta say, you know, with my, my next tournament is going to be like Adepticon. Mm. That's like the next thing I'm going to be able to go to just with my schedule and things that are going on. So if this hadn't happened, it would have been nothing since bits to from bits like 10 months. That's that's a long run without anything. I know. And like this was so awesome because I got to see people, you know, um, scratches all the itches. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, seriously, I I, it was it it had all the benefits of going to a tournament, but it was like ten minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. So like even Friday night, I came by, had a game with McClure, hanging out with Broda, uh, Braska, Broder. (laughs) Yeah, I put them all together. Uh, You know, Domus and McClure showed up. Everyone's you know high five and playing games, having a good time. And it's like, all right, I got to be back here. I'm going to pick up donuts and we're going to be back here by ten. I should go home. And it's like ten minutes. I get to sleep in my own comfy bed. Now, speaking of which, was that was it an easy sell with your wife? I would imagine yes and no. Yes, because it's cheap and it's close. Yeah. No, but because you're gone Friday and Saturday night. Well, I mean, it was only it was only Friday night. You know. Yeah. Normally, in a tournament, it's like leave Friday, like as soon as I get the kids on the bus. Right. And then I'm home Sunday night. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'll be home. I'm gonna go out Friday after dinner. Like she got home, I had fed the mm-hmm. kids, everything was done. I went out. Came home and then I was gone all day Saturday. So it was only really like one day. Yeah. And her parents day. came over and the kids went out. Harrison was spending the night at a friend's house. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, this that's is, an easy sell. Yeah, it was a really easy sell. Good. Good. Way Good. easier than Adepticon or anything. Plus, it, like I said, I, it's so little, hey, it's free. Right. <laughs> right. Like I'm just going to Chris's house. Right. You know? So. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to doing it again. Um, so there will think- be another one. That's what we're what we're saying here. That's uh, yeah. I mean, my wife again. She said you're, you're going to want to do it again, huh? With a smile. So yeah, I know there's it, it'll happen. Your wife's awesome. She, I mean, oh, dude, so many favors that I owe her. This one is just the the the, the biggest one of them all. And uh, the fact that she was willing to give up, you know, her house and and be gone from it, go to her sister's with the kids. Yeah. Um, this was just. Huge. I'll but, handle all I, three of the boys and go and stay at a stay at a relative's house and give up my own bed it. and all that stuff so you guys can just you know, just be boys and, and hang and play out. Games. Exactly. But the you know the thing is everyone there realized it because they were so cool about being here and then, you know, helping big time with 
the food and helping clean up everything. I mean, it was just, I could not ask for a better group of people to, to come here and stay here and, and do that. So, you know, thanks to the group, to everyone that showed up. I mean, it was a, you know, just smashing success in terms of from the host point of view. Well, like I said, I, I, I was having fun pretty much every minute. There was never any time where I was just like, oh, what's going on? You know, sometimes you're out, you're, you're gone. You're like, I need to go back to the room and lay down or I need to go do this right. or that. I was, I was so sad. I mean, it was like about eleven thirty, and I'm like, yeah. I really need to go home. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I told my wife I should be home around midnight. I know it's Saturday night. I still got to be up at like, I got to take the kids to church in the morning. Mm. Yeah. You know, the next morning, I didn't want to stress you out. I was thinking about texting you, but we actually we went out to breakfast and you know hung out. Everyone packed up their cars, went to a restaurant, a local place, and ate and chatted. And oh, that would have been cool, but. Honestly, yeah, no, I was already like I said, we had. Yeah, to, I'm sure you were tied up with family stuff, so. Yeah, I was out. I, uh, you. I was out doing things that whole day. Harrison's confirmation is in a few days, or in ah, like, a, okay. it, like the next weekend or two. So. Gotcha. Yeah, so we've got family in and out and stuff going on, but it was yeah, like I said, I. I just wanted to thank you and have you on to talk about it because people can have tournaments in their house. Like if you got a group of friends you trust and oh. people you know and. And so, it was cool because I actually met people I didn't know. Like, oh, like who? Well, okay, let's put it this way: I knew Lou and Domus and McClure, and I knew Roska and Roder, Roska and Roder, and uh, Andrea and Brad, and pretty much everybody else I didn't know. I mean, Grant showed up. I knew Grant. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much everyone, wasn't it? I mean, the three guys that showed up: John, Eric, and Alex. And there was another guy who there who was playing, and I forgot his name. Mark. Yeah, so there's four. There's Ken, four. You know Ken. Oh, that's right. Ken was there. So the vast majority of people you knew. Yeah, but still, I mean, you, when you're going to a small group, like a local group and, and a guy's house, mm-hmm. I mean, four of what, 14 people that were there? I mean, that's, you know, I was just, like I said, I was just like, oh, I met new people. That was cool, well, too. Well, it's, it's two worlds colliding. It's the, the Warhammer Fantasy world um, and the existing Infinity world. Yeah. Those two, you know, worlds are, are coming together, which is which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. Like I said, it's always nice when you go to a, when you go to tournaments to meet new people. You know, right. that's one of the cool things. Meet new people is kind of you know, absolutely grow that. So like, wow, I like I just I guess I wasn't expecting to see anybody I didn't know there. You know what ah. I'm saying? Because it was all like I said, even when we were setting it up. I mean, everyone you mentioned were local guys from the mm-hmm. Warhammer scene that we knew. So when these other guys, show, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool meeting other guys, guys who play yeah. a lot of Infinity. Expanding your circle. Yeah, it was just it was an all around good time, and I'm so glad to hear that it's going to happen again. It is. So let me bounce a couple of ideas f- off of you. Please do. So in the pet way back, Marty Gasco, who used to run Adepticon pre- uh, previous to Alex, right. used to run these sorts of things for fantasy in his house. This is a long time ago, maybe like 15 years ago. I heard about that. Yeah, you've told me a couple of stories and things like that. Yeah. So what he would do, and which I might implement, is because you know financially you know we're paying for you know the food and all this other stuff which it, from my point of view I'm happy since I'm a host I'm happy to absorb those costs in order for you to come out right right what he would do is put out a jar and not ask anyone for any specific amount or whatever just put out a jar if you feel like donating go ahead and donate if not no worries so that's that's what he did um, the other thing that he would do is you know, people are asking, you know, should I bring food? Should I bring this, that, and the other? I ask people to bring side dishes or whatever, but not really. If, if you can, great. If not, don't worry about it. What he would do, he would ask people to bring paper products. So cups, plates, toilet paper, paper towels, napkins, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. That makes so sense. So it kind of, the, the that way, you're going to go through a lot of. 
Right. Yeah. The stuff that you can use over the course of the weekend. So those two things I might implement. What do you think about that? Uh, that works for me. Okay. <laughs> you know, like I said, I brought. I just. I just brought a lot of food. I said, you know, right. "What are you going to need?" I said, mm-hmm. "You're like I ordered lose." I'm like, "I'm bringing some. I'm bringing some Germanos. Hope you don't Germanos. mind." Right, right, right. I'm like, I really have a taste for their stuffed pizza. I'll bring a couple of stuffed pizzas over with that. And yep. then the next morning, you're like, "I could use some bagels." I'm like, "Oh, I got that. Don't worry about it." I brought a bunch of, you know, mm. people could people bring and did what they get. Everybody seemed to bring stuff, you know. Or they did yeah, so, chips, drinks. Uh, John brought John the Infinity. John brought a lot of craft beer, which that's cool. I've never had. Well, yeah, which which was cool. So yeah, it was it was really everyone yeah. chipped in. And, Focusing it like that and saying, "Listen, I got all the food. If you want to bring a little cash for food, or if you want to bring paper products, I mean that that totally works. Just that way, it's like I know I don't have to worry about this because everyone's going to bring some, right? You know, because in the end, no matter what, it's going to be cheaper than whatever tournament you decide to, to travel to. Sure. And it's getting, you know, honestly, the paper products, just the stuff that you can, you know, <laughs> right. to throw in the recycle bin when you're done or whatever, you know, right, get right. rid of I, it. Hey, I'm happy to spring for everyone's toilet paper for the weekend, but it would well, certainly that's help. that's all kind of you because, you know, <laughs> right. Lord knows after three slices of stuffed pizza, some of us needed it. Someone's going to need it, correct. Yep. Oh, boy. So, listen, I've kept you as long as you've promised, the, the time we've promised here, so... Hey, this is hey. Compared to previous episodes where we're slogging through four hours of you know fictional material, this is a this is a breeze. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot what it's like to be a guest and just be on because you feel like it, not because not because I'm calling you out and stressing (laughs) you out. Have you finished reading yet? Right, certainly is different. (laughs) Well, I I am certain that there are you know. Tens of listeners who are listening right now who are like, oh, my God, you's back on. <laughs> Tens that high. Huh? Well, you know, once you left, a lot of the people went with you because, you know, that's not true. I, you know, you know, everybody loves you guys. Everyone loves you the best. No, that's you, you got AOS and you are the anchor. <laughs> you're the rock of the show. And, oh, stop you know, Christian's it. Doing please. a great job. And no. It, yeah. No, it's hey. But, but, but whoever you have chosen that music is just doing a bang-up job because, man, that was really on point. I'm not kidding. Every single <laughs> time we put out a fluff episode and I get new music, I have had no less than two dozen people comment on the music since we put out that episode. Good. Keep and on, and keep on doing it. And it's never negative. It's like, well, thank Chris you. He's the guy. You're going to need to start watching more movies or something and getting more I guess music so. because we're, you can't we're running run out. out of material. Well, this episode in particular, I went and started digging through my CDs and just pulling out music. I like for new bumper music because I was getting a little tired. So we've got a lot of new bumper music in this particular episode. Of course, I'm probably going to get people like, what is this crap? (laughs) Well, uh, that's, hey, everyone's taste is different. Well, you, see, had a couple, you had a couple musical choices. I was like, ooh, really? <laughs> I know. You couldn't stand that uh, from Monster Magnet. I don't, it would sound like chanting, I know. overdosing oh, chanting. so wonderful. Now, now, so let's see. What if we implemented this episode? Uh, the Gourds covering um, uh, Snoop Dogg. Uh, we've got okay. a little Blue Oyster Cult, uh, Big Black, Maximum mm-hmm. the Hormone. So I've got a bunch of those just, uh, you know, oh, uh, Romeo Void. So some 80s, some 90s, some weird right. Japanese metal. Interesting. So Maximum cool. the Hormone, they did the theme so- both theme songs from both seasons of Death Note. So if you ever I watched just, that show. Oh, that's I, right. I did not. You don't watch enough anime. 
I'm going to revoke your Asian card pretty soon. Well, not not the recent stuff. I, I've kind of you know been out of touch. Ah, well, there you go. But Death yeah. Note's old. You'll you'd enjoy it. But that's okay. neither here nor there. Like, Listen, no. um, if you ever want to come on and talk more Infinity, you know you're welcome to. Oh, but you're an AOS centric uh, cast. I so. am, but uh, I also you know. Oh, well, I, you know I, what this means. What? This means you and I will have to play some games in order to talk about them. That is so true. Now, I'm assuming with your big weekend that you're not going to make it out this Saturday for uh, Tabletop Wargaming Day uh, at UGG, I, sponsored by Garage Hammer? Uh, I, I don't know. I was just talking to I was somebody talking, telling Kathleen, my wife and I have a date day slash night planned for that Saturday. Oh, okay. So I have to tread lightly. I will see what I can do about getting in there. Um, hey, don't worry about it. I mean, it's not it's not that big a deal. I'm just saying if you can play No, but it would cool. be nice to stop in and, you know. Say hi at the very least. Yeah, I know we got a bunch of people coming to play some Kings of War, mm-hmm. um, and some guys are coming in. I'm going to have my I'm going to have a a uh, Clash Comp Age of Sigmar army ready. Ooh, nice. So actually, I'm going to set up my uh, I'm going to set up the equipment near right near the uh, Age of Sigmar table, so that okay. way I can kind of play and we can then you know, play we can record. And uh, yeah, people coming down. You're coming down playing. In fact, uh, yeah. It's, if the, if I release this tomorrow like I want to, this will be out the day before. So yeah. if you're listening to this the day it releases, tomorrow I'll be at UGG all day playing games and nice. doing stuff. Dude, I'm, I'm I'm having a good time. I really am. Good, like, good. I, I was even telling Christian, like, you know, I'm, I'm painting up some of this Malifaux stuff. Like, I'm looking mm. at my Infinity stuff going, all right, this is going to start to need a coat of paint soon. Right. Um, and, you know, with 10 models at a time, it's not a hard thing. Sure, right. Um, I'm starting to prime and before it gets too cold i'm starting to prime my terrains all that yeah, all yeah. that gw terrain i've got so i can get that we'll, done we'll have to do um an in-person um airbrush tutorial because i know you've been wanting to yes push the push the envelope with your airbrush a little bit which yes. I, i've been able to do with in, in some respects so we should you know definitely do that absolutely no that's going to be fantastic so well, if you can make it down, it'll be great to see you. And if not, I will see you very soon. But thank you so much for coming back on and uh, and talking about this and letting people know, dude, you, you can do this. You can just have a bunch of friends over. Absolutely. Have a whole weekend. Get, get, get some tables, uh, get some get some food. Most importantly, get the wife's blessing, and then you're, you're, <laughs> you're gold. I'm going to have to send a thank you card to your wife. Uh <laughs> No thank you card needed. You know, it's just, <laughs> and plus with my luck, I would say I would I would inadvertently say something offensive, you know. Uh, you know right. Thanks thanks for leaving for the weekend. What? You know that's not what I meant. I'm just an idiot. So <laughs> Nice. All right. Well listen, I will um I will talk to you soon. And um folks, when we come back, uh Christian and I will be talking. Oh, and Chris, you'll kind of uh the whole rest of the show is just um what are we what are we doing hobby wise that's not painting our models? And it's actually already been recorded. So basically it's just like different techniques and different things we're doing for rebasing, mm. um, coming up with new basing, uh, painting terrain tips, just all the stuff we've been doing other than painting new models, because a lot of us have the armies and we're switching systems. Sure. And so it's just that's basically it's <laughs> There's no topic this episode. Topic schmopic. Hey, that should be the name of the General show. General hobby. There you go. Topic schmopic. That's going to be the name of the show. And we could put up some of your. For those of you who don't know, Chris, you does all the beautiful images right. for the Garage Hammer we'll, show. We'll, we'll come up with something super amazing. So okay, we'll be back in just a moment. 
Hey, check out that guy in the garage hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in garage gear. And we are back. Welcome back, folks. Christian, back here with us again. Yes, yes. Through the magic of editing. Um, so you guys, the rest of you all just heard me talking to Chris Yu about Ufinity. Um, that was, dude, that was such a good time, Christian. It really was. And it's such a fun game to play. I mean, it's a, it's a different. So, I mean, uh, every little second you got to be watching and paying attention and every moving part, you know. And there's some parts that just like it doesn't seem to make sense, and then people are explaining, well, this is how the rule works, so this is why you do this. Oh, okay, and then oh, light clicks on, and <laughs> yeah, that's basically what the whole weekend was—just looking up rules and waiting for the light to click on on things. So, Christian, you had suggested maybe we talk about the the, the stuff in our hobby other than painting the models. Yes. Yeah. The the. Basting the the terrain building the what do I do to transition from you know my Warhammer Fantasy army to my Age of Sigmar army? Right, right. And and I know uh, you know Helen Hammer they picked up a little bit about this, and now that Bad Dice is actually back. Yeah, um, yeah. I that, heard that their first episode back, I was yeah. They they kind of touched on it a little as well. Um, but it was something that, that I had been writing, kind of taking notes about and thinking about bef- before those episodes were released. And, and there's more that I wanted to, to talk about regarding that as well. Cool. So you definitely are going with the rebasing. I, I am. And, and I, not on all my armies, cause I have several, um, and that's one thing I wanted to touch on as well is, you know, to base or not to base. Right. Right. Um, because I have my Nurgle Demon army that I put just, you know, I had finished right before Adepticon this year, and uh, they're all on Micro Art Studio resin bases, the whole army. Wow, okay. So I'm not planning on rebasing that. <laughs> At least not now. I, it's just, it's too soon. I just finished the army, um, and they're all on resin bases, so... That one, I'm just going to leave on resin bases for now. It, it you know, yep. bases technically don't matter in the game, uh, but in my games, we're still measuring to bases. Right, I think everybody is. I don't know anybody who's measuring to model. And if you're not, if you're measuring to model, are you specifying where on the model? Because 
You know, it's got to be the same point all the time. I mean, there's you know basic rules of how to play. You know that you got to follow. Base is so much easier. Yes, it is. It's just you know a unifying force that that everyone can measure to. You don't have you know a sword sticking out an inch beyond your model to give you extra range or or to make you be able to be hit easier. Right. Um, so so yeah, we I think everybody's probably still using bases and. and I'm not playing in tournaments. I'm playing with friends for fun. So, you know, if my square base is not as big as, you know, this, like, for instance, my, my Marauders, um, on a square base obviously is a little bit smaller on the edges uh, than a 32 millimeter basis. Right. Right. Um, so if you're measuring from your model, to my model's base, there's a three, four millimeter difference. Um, is it that big of a deal? In my games, it has been because you know, we're just saying, oh, if you're a little shy, go ahead, right? Yeah, it, it depends. It re- I mean, I guess it really depends on how you're playing it because I, one could argue I'm at an advantage right, with the 20 mils because I have more that can reach you back on the on the hits back. Um, if you're playing with your friends, I honestly don't think it's that big a deal. No. Um, I could see eventually it becoming standard for tournaments. I think you'll see most people who decide they want, do want to play Age of Sigmar just rebasing anyway. I mean, people are starting to do it. Heck, I'm I'm yeah. doing it with some of my stuff. Yep, I'm, I am as well. Just waiting for Mantic to get those round bases in so that I can start doing more of the zombies and I can I am gonna rebase the ghouls. Oh, I'm not nice. just gonna make new ones because I have hundred and twenty and I don't need hundred and twenty ghouls. No. So No, that would give you enough for your Mantic army and your your uh, Age of Sigmar army, right? Well your and Kings that's of the, thing, War. the my square base zombies are staying square base for Kings of War. I have, you know, 800 more because of Wayne from the TC War Room. So I will will just build new ones on round bases. Yeah, you're not going to run out anytime soon. I mean, see what I'm saying? I mean, there's no need to go and, I mean, I did all those layers of the, you know, to make the swamp, all those layers of water effects. And, I mean, there's like three, four layers of water effects on each one. Yeah. And, and And it's where their feet, it's over the tops of their feet, like they're walking through the swamp. Yeah, and there's a lot of people I've been hearing about that have similar types of bases, right? That's that's going to break. I mean, yes. So I'm like, nope, I'll just make new ones for that. Yeah. And that kind of brings you to the the first option, right? Is not breaking them off. You can either keep them on the squares and play with them, or you can just cut the edges off the base. I've seen people do that. That seems like a lot of work. Especially it, it if you actu- have old metal models with the slots, then that's not going to work. That won't work. Yes, on plastic it will, but on metal, you're you're absolutely correct. That would not work. So that's a very very good point. Right. So I mean, it's it's cutting the base, putting it on the new base, the flat part which mm-hmm. should fit, then building up around it to make it all sort of even and a little bit hilly rather than that big all of a sudden jump up in a square around your guy. Yes. That's a lot of work. I mean, I, I'm looking at mine going, you know what? My basing scheme is not all that complicated. It's yeah. sand and some glue 
and you paint it up and then there's some some flock yep. and i'm just taking the exacto knife and just sliding it between the feet and the base and popping these guys off that's what i've been doing too it's just to me that's so much now the, might i have to go back and redo the feet well you know considering it's an undead army and they're just undead flesh and a wash because it's freaking you know ghoul feet yep Actually, that's not even it. Mine, it's skeleton feet because the ghoul are mantic, so they're on those round bases. And I'll tell you how I'll be getting those off in a minute because I'm still waiting. I don't want to rebase. I don't want to start pulling them off bases until I get the new bases. And mantic's out of stock on their 25 mil rounds. And the only reason I want theirs is because they've got that spot in the middle because all the models come uh, like their feet are already planted on that little round mini base. And that goes into the slot right in the round base. So it's like, ugh. You know, I don't want to, yep. st- you know, but skeletons, grave guard, get that knife under there, popping them off, being careful. Yes. And yeah. As careful as you can be not to damage it and, and not to break a foot. Right. Right. Especially when you get to the smaller models. So for me, I'm lucky it's it's not too bad. I think it might even be easier with uh, models with thicker feet and stuff like that, you know, getting it under the shoe and popping them off. Definitely. So that's that's me. For me, it's a pop off. Cutting around the the bottom of the base. I mean, unless you've got a base that you don't want messed up, I and mean, you could do that with your fancy studio bases and put other stuff like work on other stuff around it. But even that would look probably funny, wouldn't it? For mine, it would because I, I used the skull bases. Oh, okay. so yeah. So they're all standing on piles of skulls. And so the only way that would be is, you know, if I I could do one of two things, and I have thought about this, I could either cut the base so that I'm taking away a lot of the, the square around of it and then gluing that down and building up with either um, more skulls that, you know, you can, you can buy from um, – Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the company. You can buy individual little resin skulls. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and I just bought a pack of them, and I'm blanking on the name of the company at the moment. It'll come to me in a minute. Um, but um, so you can buy those, and I figured I could just you know mount skulls around it and kind of build it up and add some sand and and blend it in that way. Um, or I could leave it on on the square base and kind of make a plinth out of it okay add some additional height um using uh cork okay and that would that would work as well but at the moment i'm kind of focusing on my bloodbound corn army and so my nurgle demons will stay where they are at the moment sure thing so yeah so um i'm gonna definitely be rebasing my undead because i want that ready for um, if I play anything at a at at, at a tournament, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna need an army, and I'd like to try to get them rebased. Um, with my dwarfs, um, everything that I was working on, the newer stuff that I sort of put aside to work on these other things. Um, if you remember, I made all those custom square bases, so those are off on the side. Uh huh. I've got about uh, I don't know about a what eighty or a hundred nice custom square dwarf bases for sale. If anybody wants them, I made them and I'm not using them. I made. Well, they'd still work in a Kings of War army. <laughs> That's true. If I get some abyssals, maybe I'll use them on those some abyssal dwarfs. 
But uh, I actually went on the Herstart site and found a part. Uh, one of the molds has a one-inch round circle, which is about a 25 mil. So uh-huh. I'm ordering that mold and starting the process over again and making a new round base for my dwarfs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I had this, and it looks so damn good. I can't just get rid of it. It's like, oh, I could just redo this whole idea, and I could redo it. It'll take time, but I can get it under round bases. So, yeah, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of projects, a lot of things that you can kind of come up with ways to sort of improve or do things. But the, basically, there's just there's so many ways that you could there are. that you could decide to to rebase. Um, if you decide to rebase. Um, well, I, uh, I honestly feel that if you're going to play Age of Sigmar, you should rebase. Eventually, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's people who are playing Skaven who are like, oh, I don't want to rebase. And I understand that. Yeah, I'm one of them. I have a huge <laughs> Skaven army. And at the moment, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to tackle that yet. <laughs> exactly. Well, like I said, with the zombies, I was just like, Nope, I'm just gonna get new ones. Yeah, uh, I, I, it was not worth the effort to me. Y- yes, but um, I'll say okay now with the Mantic uh, ghouls, I got to rebase those, and I need the round bases. Well, I've been actually looking at if you have Mantic models and you glued the little round base into the little round pocket on the square base, mm-hmm. how to get that off without ruining the model like how do you just get that off and um because you want to get it out and you want to get it out solid you know um yes i've actually just kind of what i've done i've grabbed the base like held it underneath the base and at the put my thumb over the center part between where the feet are so it's all there right grab a pair of pliers clamp it over the corner and just twist back and down yep and uh that'll break most of the glue bond from the plastic glue. Um, even though now, it, what kind of glue did you use? Uh, I either used, I either have, uh, not the GW glue. I forget what brand I have. I've got testers, plastic glue, uh-huh. and then that regular stuff that comes in those different. Co- That's the tall stuff that you can buy at the hobby store in the different colored bottles. They got the purple labels, the green labels. The Oh, you know, right, right. The, like MaxiCure? Yeah. And um and yeah, from like Hobby Town or yeah, I mean it's not like plastic weld that melts the plastic and rebonds it, you know. It's, right. It's that it's that other stuff, and um, you know, I, you kind of twist at the corner, and usually the corner breaks off and pops off. Sometimes if you've got a really if you didn't use a, a lot of glue, you know, <laughs> like if you kind of like actually skimped, it'll it'll sort of crack and the whole thing will pop off. Now, yep. unfortunately, I drilled the bottoms of my Mantic bases and put in magnets little round ones for, oh. you know, for the movement trays. Uh-huh. So as I break, that stuff's coming off, but you've still got, then I got this little magnet thing I'm going to push out because I'm not just throwing away 100 magnets. I paid for those. No, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> no, so, those are reusable. Um, if you wind up going around as I'm kind of holding the center of the base together because I don't want to twist and have something bend and crack and pull it off and bust the centerpiece. Um when I've gotten down to it, I've had a couple where I've broken away all four corners and some of the bottom base is still attached. Mm-hmm. I have literally, I have a, the smallest chisel I could find in my garage <laughs> in the toolbox <laughs> yep. and a small hammer 
And I literally just lay it on its side, put it right on the edge, and give it a small tap. And it's just that li- all you need is that little bit to get in there mm-hmm. and get a little separation on the glue, and the rest of it will just snap r- and come right off. That Like that fragile bit where you just hit it just the wrong way and the arm comes off, you can do it to your base. Yeah. And so I've been cleaning those off. I, I did a couple just to test. They worked fine. Now I'm waiting to hear when the heck I'm going to get these ba- bases from... Uh, from Mantic, you know, so yeah, they they they're sold out of quite a few products at the moment. So I know, and I know they're trying to fill their Kickstarter, so it's hard for them to get the the normal stuff back in stock. I'm just like, yeah, trying to be patient. Yeah, it's it's a good problem for them. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, what else have you been doing with your basing? So, uh, besides, yeah, rebasing, uh, moving on to the, the 32 millimeter square uh, rounds, excuse me. Um, so one thing looking at my old Marauders compared to the new uh, Marauders, essentially, um, the, the new ones aren't actually really much taller, but they're beefier. Right. So what I, 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 at first I was thinking, oh, I should raise them to, to make them fit. But then I realized raising them wouldn't, for the Marauders, that wouldn't make sense because then I'd have these little skinny guys that are actually much taller than the beefy guys. Maybe that's why they're thin because they're taller, you know? That could be. Um, so those I've just actually been transferring straight onto rounds. Okay. Now for the Chaos Warriors, the, the new version of the Chaos Warriors – are uh, they're beefier and they're also with the with the headdress that they have uh the corn symbols on top of their helmets they're about a head taller okay so those i've actually been popping off the square bases and then i'm using cork to actually add stone a stone underneath them and raise them up all right, so you've been adjusting your old models to the size of the new models so they, they they blend a little better on the table. Yes. Okay. It's a lot and of with that, I, I just take it, – it's actually – it goes pretty quick. Once you do it a couple times, it, you just kind of get a rhythm to it. So I, I grab my 32-millimeter round. I, I cut off a square of – of cork and and you can pick this up at you know joanne's or michael's or hobby lobby or or anywhere it, it actually comes in rolls okay and and it's super cheap it's like four or five dollars for for a roll and you just break off a little piece that's a little bit bigger than your your base and then you take uh, i use um not my hobby knife but um you know, you're, you're, uh, I'm trying to remember the tool. GW made this tool that has kind of a dull blade on one side and a pick on the opposite side. Not the, um, not the mold line scraping tool. No, not that one. This one was made many, many years ago. And, and you can get lots of different pick tools in, at, at the local hobby store. Right. And what I do is I, I take my base, I take that piece of cork that I broke off, and I, I break away the cork to make a make it fit onto the base. And then, you know, break it up, make sure it doesn't have an even edge anywhere. Glue that down, and, and you can use a little zip kick to actually make the glue dry fast so that you can immediately move to the next phase. I break off a second piece, make it a little bit smaller than the first, glue it down and then i come back and i i chip away at the edges to blend the two together 
So it adds a little more extra height and, and again, making it not so even. So it, it actually looks like stone that that's broken away and, and formed naturally. And once that's done, and again, using zip kick to glue it down, I, I have a finished base in a few minutes and I'm on to the next one. So I, I knocked out 10 in 30 minutes or so, nice. 30, 40 minutes. Then I just add in a little sand around the edges and, and you know, fill it in. Um, hit that with some black primer. Come back in. Start hitting it with – I've been using um, – for my airbrush, uh, because I've been airbrushing all of my terrain, which I'll, I'll mention in a moment. Um, so I, I like the uh, – I use a couple different brands. I use uh, the Vallejo Model Air, and then I also use the Minotaur air for uh, yeah they're both a really good product so what i've been using for mine because i'm i'm kind of theming all of my terrain for the brimstone peninsula so i've been using their charred stone as my base and that is pretty much identical to gw skaven skaven blight dinge okay and then once I hit it with that, I come back over with Dawnstone and and give it a light high dry brushed highlight. And from those two, it just it pops, it gives it definition, and I can glue the model straight down onto it. And there you go. He's he's as tall as the new figures. Very nice, very nice. And so, and that, and that, that solves that that problem of the two, you know, the new new generation models and old generation models. It's a it's a it is a, a a workable solution. Exactly, and then from me chipping away and and molding the the two pieces of cork to make the rock, I I have a bunch of little debris on my workbench. What I'm doing is I'm taking that and then I'm gluing it down onto my my new bloodbound models to blend and make the base look stony and rocky so that I'm getting a unified base feel for the okay. whole army. Okay. And then you add in a little burnt grass and and you know, you're done and it looks great. That's fantastic actually. That's just really great. You just that's all, I mean it's 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 funny it's so much work to do the rebasing but you know what but what I love is everyone you see posting it is like I like it so much better now that it's done. Like, yes. There's nobody who's rebasing being like this was suck I wish I hadn't rebased it. <laughs> no, this I have not seen that. You know, um, I've actually yeah, not- gotten desperate to the point where I've got some twenty five mil rounds from Mantic that I got in the Warpath set that I bought like when it first came out, oh. like the first edition. Yeah. And I've got that smooth-on stuff to make molds. Yes. <laughs> and I've considered just taking the ten of them, sticking them, making that 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 uh, Lego Lego block, you know, solid base. I'm very familiar with it. Pour the mold stuff over it, and just start making my own with the smooth-on. You know, like the stuff I made the uh, dwarf bases out of. I'm like, I just yeah. I'm getting tired of waiting. It's I mean, it's that's that's labor-intensive for yeah. something you can't just order. But yeah, I, I want that with those little. I want that with those spots, the, the slot in it to put the guys in, and that just I'll, I'm willing to wait, but I'm starting to get a little impatient. It's like, oh come on, I need these, and you're the only people that make them, so get them made. 
Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I need them now. Right. Well, and it's, you know, it just makes me, it's like I want to get these undead redone. I want to get working on them, but until I have that, I can't do it. So, right. you know, I'm sort of sitting around. I'm still working and painting some other stuff and not kind of worrying about it. Um, I've actually, for Games Workshop, just started to focus on painting uh, the terrain more. You know, mm-hmm. because that's another big element of the board. Because if you're, if, even if you're just following the rules, I mean, you could have anywhere from zero to eighteen pieces of terrain on your board. You know, and you could you could name any number you like as the best number, right? But I have found that having a ton of terrain on the table not just looks cool, but it it does make for for me at least a little more fun because you really have to start maneuvering around stuff. Yes. Um. Uh. I. I've got a technique that I use that I got from uh, White Dwarf that I use to do uh, the stone work. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely just love it because they give you those little stupid ideas that I didn't that you don't think of. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a clever idea. I've actually I've got the, uh, what is it, White Dwarf number 384. It's uh, the one with the Glenn Danzig-looking vampire on the front when the Vampire Counts book came out. Right. And it's under under the Mortis engine when they show you how to paint the Mortis engine. Oh, okay. Then they show you how to do stonework, and they're like, base cone it with uh, charred on granite, which I don't know what that's called now. I don't have the conversion thing for it. But the really, really dark, dark gray, you know? That's storm vermin fur. Okay, so you start off with that, and then you go with a thick dry brush of Kemri brown, which now is, I don't know, is it commando khaki or something like that? Oh, Kemri brown is now Bane blade brown. Okay. So basically, what I do is I start off with, uh, what, what did we say the first color is now? That's, it used to be the granite. It's the storm vermin fur. Yes. And then you come in with the Bane Blade Brown heavy dry brush. Mm-hmm. You give it a wash. Um, I guess whatever's closest to Devlin mud now. You give it like the mud wash, you know, just the dark colors. Right. Agrax Earthshade. That's it. You go with the Earthshade. You go back to the, to the uh, Bane Blade brown another dry brush a little lighter Mm -hmm. then you go on a really light dry brush with that stone color that light stone color used to be denim stone um dawn stone now yeah dawn stone so it's basically really really dark stone heavy dry brush a lighter stone wash it darken it again do a lighter dry brush and then do just the edges you know with the with the dawn stone but what i thought was interesting is um you start stippling in uh, little tiny bits of uh, the medium green in just a few small places. Whatever used to be Gretchen green, now it's that other dark green or medium right. green. But just a little bit in some of the corners, you just you know very lightly like you know thin it out and wash it and just dab it in there um, to give a bit of a, a, a molding look. Mm-hmm. And then you take things like the flesh, the what, what it used to be, the ogre flesh wash, that that really dark, that reddish brown flesh wash. Yeah, Reichland flesh shade. Right, and uh, and the green wash as well, and um, wherever you've got lumps in the stone, because all the stones have got all these different shapes. If there's mm-hmm. little dips and divots, just put a couple of drops of the washes in there and let them dry out. And what happens is in the center, wherever it pooled, it's the darkest, and it fades a little bit as it gets higher up in the little water drop that was staying there. Yeah. So as it all dries out, you've got 
all the different stones having slightly different and off colors from each other. You don't have to do it with every single stone, but you go through and you just here, there, and, and another place, go in with the green, go back with the purple and the different ones, and suddenly it all dries out. All the stones, it's not this uniform, oh, look, I did it dark gray and then I did it light gray. Uh, it gives it a feel of, you know, getting stones from, you know, a bunch of different bits of material, different makeup, things mm-hmm. like that. And that really, if you've got the patience, I mean, because, you know, the heavy brush and then the heavy dry brush, wash, light dry brush, highlight dry brush, on a piece of terrain, it, I mean, you're wasting more time in between just making sure stuff has dried all the way than it's actually true. you to paint it, you know? Yeah. So taking the extra couple of minutes and dabbing those little bits of washes into the little spots so that as it dries up, you get that that more defined character in your uh, in your bits of stone is not a bad idea. It's, no, and it, it adds a lot of texture to the model. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I'm trying to debate now because like a lot of this is stone, but then it's got all this fancy work on it, like the Ophidian archway and stuff like yes. that. Um I'm trying to determine if I want to go back and do it. I'm, I'm, we're, we're hitting the the architecture unit for humanities, and so we're looking at like Egyptian architecture and stuff like that. Oh and, yeah, and Mesopotamian architecture, and I'm looking at all the gold inlay on stuff. And yes. I'm wondering if I want to go back and put that on there anyway, and just be like, yes, it's old and ruined, and you still can't fade out these beautiful bronzy parts or or golden parts on it. And it might it might be fun. Yeah, I, I've actually, so I, I've been using, you know, the dark, the burnt gray or burnt, burnt stone, like I said, and then the dawn stone to give it more texture and highlight. Right. And then I've also been doing, just like you said, I've been going in and hitting it with browns and gray washes to mm-hmm. add some texture in. And I was debating, and, and I'm doing this on my, my Baleful uh, Realm Gates as well. Okay. Um, but I'm leaving the flame area of the gate white and what i've done is there's this product that i live and die for it's called tamia it's the the paint color is tamia color okay uh it's an acrylic paint and it's called clear red i I live and die by this clear red and they have a clear green too clear green i've always used for all my warp stone colors for my skaven all right. And for clear red, I've been using it on a lot of my corn stuff. And so what I did is I go over the white of the flames with this clear red and I lit it set and then I'll hit it with a second coat. And it it lits the it tints the white but colors it so you and then it'll pool kind of like a wash will so it actually adds a lot of texture to it okay um and and you only need to hit it once or twice lightly and it actually adds a lot of depth to it and then i was same thing with the fiddly and archway and the baleful realm gates because you know they have the 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 uh, characters that are around the top of the archway right um so I've been hitting those up with brass because, of course, corn. And it's, I, like I said, I'm modeling for the Brimstone Peninsula. So I hit them with brass. And then I've gone back over and started adding in, in the crevices, lightly, the, um, the uh, um, 
uh, nilac oxide to to give it the you know the the weathered oh right 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 t- coloring to that it sort of patina to it yes that's the word I was looking for thank you you're, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> so adding that in to add more texture and color to the model as well okay that seems that sounds like it'll definitely work I I've not decided what color to do the smoke from coming out of the realm gates. I've seen so many different colors and mm-hmm. people, doing, people doing them the same color for the pair. I've seen people doing different colors for the pair. Yes. Uh, one of the more interesting things I saw was doing the same colors but inverting them. So, oh, yeah. So instead of having like the white with the red and all the crevices and the red just being the light, going with the red and then going light or lighter with the white and getting the white in the crevices. And then this way, you've sort of gotten that reverse. Now, it's hard with the white. I mean, you know, but I'm just using that as an example of what you just said. Um, You know, but going from the light to dark and then doing the same colors, but just going, instead of going light to dark, going, you know, flipping that over and making that part dark to light. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the two gates, and you can jump between them on the board and the rules. So having the one be the opposite of the other, it just seems to work, you know, in my mind. That's a good theme. But uh, I, like I said, I, I just think right now I want to get a bunch of this terrain painted because I think that, you know, that that's going to attract people, especially when, the, when if you're trying to get people to play the game. Yes. To have all this different bright, fancy terrain, even if your models aren't all painted. It's like, oh, I'm working on that, but at least every time you play, you know, it's going to, it's going to look cool on the board. You know, the board itself is going to look cool. Yes. Yeah, and and. Uh, Another step that I've taken for for modeling my train is, you know, in in the first uh, Age of Sigmar book, in the Time of War section, they have the geysers of boiling blood, which we talked about in the, right. the last episode. Right. So I've started modeling and creating geysers of boiling blood. Sweet. So it's it's actually something that. I learned at Adepticon in the terrain building class uh, this past year or this year. Um, so I, I've been taking the um, the 60 millimeter base that comes in the Age of Sigmar set for like Corgus Ghoul. Right. Um, and using that as a template. So I have a nice circle you know, shape. And so I, I circled out six uh, round circles on on my MDF board, and took my jigsaw and cut them out, and then took my Dremel and sanded down the sides and and made them nice and smooth, and then I took those and I took some pink foam, inch inch thick pink foam, cut those out using my hot foam cutter. Okay. Then I I went in and I angled the edge so that it, it you know kind of forms up like a, a volcano shape cut, cut into it cut a circle out of the middle and then glued that down i i um you know we have a, a hobby town next to us so i use this foam cure uh glue that they have so you know a lot of glues will actually melt the pink foam if you try to glue yeah that's and a problem yeah, and if you use white glue, you gotta wait like twenty four hours for it to actually cure. Right. So I found this stuff. I've been using it for my display boards and stuff. This foam cure, it, it takes fifteen thirty minutes and it's totally cured. 
So I, I glue that down. Then what I did is I sand the base just in a standard style, put a white glue on it, pour sand and rocks over it. I have a couple different grades. I, I mix it myself just buying the um, the, the uh, Scenics from uh, Woodland Scenics sand. Okay. And so I keep a big jar. And then so I spray that all around, let that dry, come back in. And again, going back to my Tamiya color clear red, I mix that in with some of the water effect to make it red. Pour that into the center, give that a day to dry and cure. Then I come back, and I, I think I mentioned uh, on the last show, I've been running the Throne of Skulls website, which is all dedicated to corn. Yes, you did. And we have a tutorial on there on how to do blood and gore okay. on your models. Okay. And this is by far the best tutorial I have ever found. And we have it pinned. So what you do is you take your – so the Tamiya Clear Red is, like I said, an acrylic paint. So it'll actually start drying and get kind of tacky really fast. So what I do is I, I pour – paint some of the, the Tamiya Clear Red in the hole that I've and, – and kind of along the sides, I blotch it on. And you just wait a, a minute or two, and it'll actually start to to thicken up. And actually, a minute, two minutes is too long. It like forty seconds to a minute, and it'll start drying up. And then you get a couple old brushes that you can use for stippling, and you go in and you stipple all over the paint. And because the the paint is acrylic and it's starting to dry. It'll it's really tacky. So by stippling on it, you'll actually add texture to it. Hmm. So let that dry. Then what you'll do is on your palette, and I would use a disposable palette for this because the Tamiya Clear Red. If you have like the GW palettes that you try to reuse, you're not going to get this off. But um, you take another blob of the Tamiya Clear Red, and you take a little bit, uh, a, a much smaller dab of Abaddon Black, and you mix them together. So you get this nice, dark, red, gory color. Then what you do is you kind of paint that in the center and around, but you still leave the bright red from your original paint showing through on the edges okay let that dry again for another 40 seconds or so and then go back and stipple on that let it dry and you will have this gory mess and it you're done you don't need to do anything more with it and it looks realistic it's really it an amazing awesome. effect it sounds really awesome it's a little involved it, it is, but it, it actually goes really quick because you're only having to wait, like I said, like 40 seconds to a minute, depending on the temperature that you're in. Um, so it, I make all six bases. It took me uh, probably a – yeah, well, with drying time and all because I had to let the foam dry for 30 minutes. But it, you know, to cut out six rounds with my jig took me two minutes, if that. Um, cutting out the foam took me – 
another 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, shaping it all took another couple of minutes. So, I mean, Look all at in this all. This guy. Just the yeah. from, 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 from. getting it done, <laughs> getting it done, getting it done. So, I, I knock out six geysers. They're done and sanded in a, you know, a 27 off and steps. On. I just cut it and use the, use the Dremel <laughs> and the jigsaw and the foam cutter and yeah. the fancy foam glue. <laughs> and then I put this on it and then, gee whiz. And then, you know, seriously, that was like a, tw- it, 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 it took, it took you as long to just, to explain it as I think it, it takes to do it. That was just like Probably. so many little steps in there. But it, but the effect looks great. And then what I have is I have a geyser that my garage hammer dice fits into. Oh, gee whiz. There we go. So when we I set up six geysers on the table, we roll our six dice, we get the numbers, we stick them into the geyser. That and- is hobby commitment right there, folks. No just sticking a dice. You stick the geyser and we'll stick the dice in the geyser. That's right. That is hobby commitment. I got to take back all the bad things I just said. Actually, they weren't bad. I was just making fun, but I did back all the making fun because you got that in there too. Gee whiz. And here I am. I'm like, look, I'm dry brushing and adding washes. (laughs) There was my big freaking tip. Add some washes to your dry brush stone. It'll look better. And you're like, oh, look, I created these cool little dice holding geysers for the scenarios. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And and gore. Don't forget the gore. And don't forget the gore. How can you forget the gore? I mean, come on. Yeah. If, oh, if you're going to be dedicated to corn, you got to know how to make gore. Yep. Hey, I'm glad to announce I found my 225 millimeter bases, too, that I couldn't find the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was on, I'm like, wait a minute. Is that that bag that I brought downstairs I told you guys to go put over there like two months ago? Hey, look, it's still sitting here. <laughs> There's all my there's all my bases. So, well, like I said, now I've got them, so I can start doing um, the uh, z- the skeletons, the grave guard, those things. When I get done, I'll have enough to start doing the the dwarfs. Um, I am really looking for. And once again, if you want to make your own custom bases, and it it's work, dudes. It is not easy. But once you get yourself about ten or twelve prototypes. I'm a big fan of now. I just do it with uh, wood glue and and the one inch pink foam. I make a box out of the one inch pink foam and I pour wood glue, mm-hmm. real thick in all the crevices. And so when that dries, it's solid. Uh, then you take your ten, uh, whatever it is you're making. Uh, if you're doing custom bases, once you've got them sculpted and designed, um, I put a a couple of layers of art coat over them. Because I used, even though it's really not porous, but I'm using the Herstarts molds and making yeah. those. And then I'm drilling into them and putting in the dwarf faces and the dwarf shield bits. Uh, I'll hit them with the hard coat just so when you put them in there, there's no moisture getting absorbed anywhere or messing with anything. Right. But I go to SmoothOn, S-M-O-O-T-H-O-N.com. And um, they've got the stuff to make molds. And then they've got the stuff to make the hard. And I get the... Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's an onyx, like a quick something fast. It's a some fast something. I forget what exactly what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it makes it. It's, you know, it's a two part mix. You put them together, and you got to put them evenly. You don't. You, so you don't want to eyeball it. At least get yourself some cups and mark them. You know, so you kind of fill yep. them up evenly. You mix it together, and it's crazy because you pour it together and you mix it up as well as you can. You get like a straw or a little stick, and you mix like crazy. 
And then you got to get it poured into the bases. And as I'm pouring it in the bases, because I've mixed it, I've usually got a little toothpick, and I'm sort of shaking it around on the thing. Because I've sprayed it with the stuff to keep, you know, so that it's slick, so you don't get air bubbles forming. But if you do get an air bubble, it sucks. So I'm always trying to kind of tap it or move it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all sorts of ways. Like when they see you making molds, they talk to you about making making these boards so that the molds, you know, to get the air bubbles out. Um, yes, those don't work. So, so I've I've done a lot of mold making um, and pressure casting as well. Right. Uh, um, so uh, a product that I well, so I I make boxes as well. I use foam board. Um, because, and then I use a hot glue gun to actually seal the foam board. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then, um, smooth on is a good product. Another company that I found that is good is micro Mart. Okay. It's micro dash M A R K. And, uh, they have a two part resin and a two part mold material. Um, and then I went down to, uh, tap plastics and you can get medicine cups that are made by the Solo com- Cup Company. Okay. And you can get like 100 cups that actually have all the measurements for milliliters and tablespoons and ounces um, for 10 bucks. Oh, okay. There you go. And you can also get the um, – basically, their, their tongue depressors for doing mixing. Oh wow! Okay, you got it. Wait, I'm gonna get. I gotta get all these links from you. I got, I'll try to put them in the show notes, and I'll use it to order some of that stuff myself. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I'm but happy yeah, to share. You have to mix those things well. Those two part mixes. I've put them in on a couple of mixes and given them a quick stir. No. And uh, you pour it in, and then suddenly it's just not. It's just not drying. They're just yes. not getting solid. And you squeeze it, and it's a little soft, and suddenly kind of bursts open, and goo comes out the middle, and you're like, "Oh, that's the part that never mixed." Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it now. So you got to toss those away because they never. That's the weirdest part is you get these and the, like the stuff to make the mold. Like I have to pour it into the mold, and you have like two minutes, and you literally yeah. have two minutes to pour it nice and slow and even because this stuff dries in two minutes. And when I say it dries in two minutes, I mean I've watched the lady at the place doing it where she's pouring it, and as she's pouring it out of the cup. Mm-hmm. After she's initially mixed it. She's purposely taking too long, and as it's pouring out of the cup, that little as it's going, it just starts to solidify. Like as, yeah, you can see it coagulate and yeah, start it, thickening up. Yeah, so it, it goes from the base that's already poured in there up the little, you know, up the the path that you have done of the, uh, and it's holding the cup there in place. You're like, whoa, okay, yeah. It it's, it's really cool to watch. Like I did it on purpose once to show the kids. Like look at this kids. They're like wow, that's so cool, dad. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not doing it again. They're like, dude, I'm like, no, that's going to ruin yeah. my molds. I'm not <laughs> yes. doing that again. Well, you, uh, I, I don't know on the smooth on, but with Micromark, you can actually get a resin that takes 30 minutes. So it gives you more time. You can. I don't, I don't, I, I prefer the, like, honestly, I'm making them in little trays. You mm-hmm. know, even if I've got like four or five of these trays that I made, when I made, I made four. I think I made enough to do like 40, 30 or 40 bases. Like I had made a mold for 10 and I made another one of those. I made a few of them. So I either have three or four of those. So I can make 30 or 40 of these of these of the bases. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of measure it out. And you've got a couple minutes. So I'll measure out yeah. enough to mix like two, two trays worth, you know. And then while that's drying, I 
mix up and pour the other two. And by the time I've got it mixed, I mean measured, mixed, you know, properly mixed, poured into the second batch, the first batch is ready to pop out of the. It's like a. It, it's like completely done in like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the quickest yeah. for the actual hard plastic molds. But man, they come out really nice, and they hold a ton of detail. They do. And I can't say enough about Smooth On because I'm really, like I said, and I'm considering taking my Herstart stuff, and you know, I'm not doing the Smooth On in the Herstarts molds. I would ruin them. But I'll make. Right. Uh, I've got the Merlin's magic. I'm making the stone bits, then sitting there and carving and drilling and sculpting into the stone pieces, making them the into the into the type of base I want them to be, and then casting those. Because then you can just crank them out, and I'm going to have it for my dwarf farm. I'm going to have a whole bunch. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited. Plus, now you know, I, I, now that I've decided not to buy the hundreds of dollars, uh, you know, um, chaos citadels. I've got all right. these first arts molds. I'm just going to build the walls and get the molds for the towers, and just make my own towers and stuff. I'll throw a couple extra. A couple extra skulls on it. Look, it's it's corn. Yep, exactly. It's all in the paint job anyway. Yeah, it's it's very true. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, that's that's. I think what I'm going to do. I mean, I have so much of this Merlin's magic that it's like, well, if I want to play with these scenarios and have this stuff, I'll make a couple more pieces of terrain yeah. once I'm done painting these. But. Um, so we're kind of all over the place. This is totally not a how-to or a what you should do. This is a what we're doing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we're throwing out lots of ideas for people, so hopefully yep. some of them will stick. Yeah. Give some people some more ideas that maybe something they hadn't thought of. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's basically what I'm doing besides the painting. It's trying to figure out. And, and you don't. You don't have to rebase. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to, and everybody says it. If you don't want to, if you if you really don't want to, if that's hobby crushing, if it's soul crushing to you, if it's just I'm not doing it out of principle, fine, don't do it. Yeah, you know, I nothing says you have to. Yeah, nobody is forcing you to now. Not even the not even tournaments are forcing you no. to. Um, although a lot of people, I think, are. And as more and more stuff, new stuff comes out, it's going to be coming out only with the round bases. So as you're buying new stuff, it's going to it's going to wind up being round anyway, um, which is which is fine. Yeah. You know, and I mean, heck, I'm liking it. And especially guys, if you've got a square base demon army, unless you went out and did all sorts of fancy bases like Christian, there is no reason not to circle base that crap and learn how to play 40K as well. Exactly. Because honestly, yep. that's, you know, no difference. Nope. That I, I have a corn demon army as well, and and that's exactly what I did. It. I when I built it, I built it for forty k. So they're all on round bases. But then I just would stick the models on a square movement tray and play them in in fantasy as well. Right. Exactly. Now, now they've worked for both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's just perfect, but. I mean, I guess it's just kind of make a decision and then mm-hmm. figure out how to do it. I mean, you can go out and buy all the bases. I mean, you can buy, you know, all the right-sized bases from GW. You can just, I mean, you can just, I mean, like seriously, like what I'm doing with the skeletons, pop them off the base, do a new sand, glue, flock base, 
And you'll just have to retouch the feet when you're done. It can be something from that simple to, you know, going to clip it and, and, and adjust your bases around it. Um, I mean, wow, there's just so many factors. It's like, do I care about yeah. my base? Do I like care about the base that's there? Do I care about the base that's there enough to trim around and build up the whole base to match it? You know, it's like, how much work do you want to do becomes the question. And really, right. that's, and isn't that always the question, though? I mean, how much work have I done on those stupid dwarf bases to have them go and tell me that I don't need them now? Right. You know, and it's like, and and here I am looking at it going, well, I'll go, go, I'm going to go find me a round piece and I'm going to make more. I'm going to make round ones then because I liked how they turned out. Yeah. And, you know, uh, ultimately, this is a hobby, right? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, it's not like X-Wing. We're not buying finished painted models to play our games with. You know, it's, it's, there's more to it than that. Yeah, there is. Not, not to knock X-Wing. It's a fantastic game, and mm-hmm. I enjoy it. But, <laughs> Absolutely. But yes. it's different. Yeah, it is. And it's just, this is such a huge time of change. And like, I think making that commitment to change the bases on your models, that's like the last step. There's your last step in your grieving process or whatever yes. it is. You're like, I'm going round base. Because I know there's still people out there who, I mean, I've had people tell me. I've gotten, I had, you know, we've, I've gotten an email. Seriously, don't change to round base. They're just going to give up on this in about six months to a year and go back to go back to ranks and flanks. And it's going to be square. And you're going to have to rebase them to square again. And I'm like, no, I'm, I don't I'm, see that. Happening. Yeah, I, exactly. But no, I'm just I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it small bits at a time. You know, I, and I think maybe that's part of the key. Go, yeah. Go a unit at a time. If you look at a whole army, especially a horde army, you're going to just say, you know what? I'd rather just kill myself. Yeah. You know, I would rather go and have a cheese grater rubbed up and down my naked body till I die than rebase nice image. four or five. <laughs> exactly. Isn't it just nice? There's little bits of flesh coming off like, like grated Parmesan. And um, you know, I can see looking at four or five hundred models and saying, ugh, no way. I mean, heck, I was playing games this weekend, and I'm pretty certain it was Broder who said it. And if it wasn't him who said it this weekend, he said it before, he's like, now that he's been playing all these other games, he's like, I, I don't want to do another 300-model army. Yeah. Or 200-model army. I just don't want to do it. Like, I can play a lot. There's a lot of cool games out there that I could play with 20 or 30 models tops. Yep. You know, and I think that's one of the things that's keeping some people away from Kings of War. They're like, yeah, I don't, I, you know, now that I've been playing smaller <laughs> games, I don't want to make another, you know, bigger army thing. Now, I've always loved the bigger army, and I've kept... You know, I've kept two or three of my armies, and they're all rather large, so I have no problem doing that. But I could see not wanting to, you know, start all over again and do another several hundred model army. When no, I can been, understand that. You know, so I think I don't know. There's no way to wrap this up because we're just talking about what we like to do. You know what I mean? That's very true. So, and, and I think we could go on for for another couple of hours. <laughs> sure. Uh, just talking about the different things that we do. With, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm actually looking around at all my stuff in the basement going, I probably forgot something. What have I not talked about? Um, oh, for those asking, no, I am not rebasing anything I won from Chris Tomlin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, okay. Eventually, maybe the Manfred 
the on on the the Mortark Manfred on the on the Beast. But I've already got my own uh, Terrorgeist, so I don't need to change his. Um, I've got zombies. I've got ghouls. Like the stuff he gave me is so much better painted than mine. But I'm just going to leave it all on squares. I'll either use it for Kings of War or I'll do it for something. But I'm not. I mean, his stuff is so much nicer. Like I, I you know, and he puts yeah, so he's much a in, really good painter. I feel bad because it's like I thought about it. and I'm like, because he's got the ghouls are the old metal ghouls. Oh, nice. like the ones that actually look like when they when they came out with the Hobbit models and they had the uh, the box set with the Goblin King and you had those weird goblins. Yep, that kind of looked like the old GW ghouls. Yeah, those are them, and they're on such nice base. It's like I would love to use these, and I'm like, not a chance in because I didn't <laughs> do the work, and it's so much better than what I could do for no. me to pop it off a better base than I could make, and just to put it on a round base. I would feel so bad. Like I, I understand, and they're that. metal, so I can't just clip the edges and put his nice fancy base on a on another right. base because it's got that metal slot on the bottom. Uh-huh. So. Chris Tomlin's stuff is staying. Um, but uh, yeah, that's I, I do. Can you think of anything else? Talk about a segment just sort of petering out into uh, uh, uh. Bunch of <laughs> no. Motards. I think that kind of covers all the points that I wanted to make. Cool. And if anybody has any ideas that they're doing in in their in their rebasing or or if you're not even rebasing, do let us know on the forums. You know, I'm I'm, I'm interested to hear. Um, you know, if you're not rebasing, you know, okay, if you're not rebasing, but you're still playing Age of Sigmar, yes, yes. I'd like to Caveat. hear. Not, I'm not rebasing because I'm not playing that stupid game. Okay, great. You know what? You you win. You you get an apple. Now go choke on it. Um, (laughs) Tell somebody else. (laughs) Exactly. But um, so you know what? Let's take a break then. Let's just take a break and we'll come back and we're going to wrap up this show because we've been going for a while. Yep. Sounds good. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Um, oh wow there was something i thought of and then i forgot oh here i got a question okay uh and this is for you and the listeners so i have these five beautiful blood knights and they were a gift from a very dear dear friend of mine who lives out in maine 
and they are the fine cast Blood Knights. This is oh. you know back before they. This is right after they went. Everything went to fine cast, right? Uh-huh. Now they were perfect because once again, I have dozens of fine cast models, and I only ever had one that had a problem. Lucky man. I may be the exception of the rule. I mean, it's just I like GW so much that it's that magic. It's the power of belief. It must but, be. Uh, so I started to paint one, and my paint job on this one sucks. And it sucks with a capital suck. It is terrible. Um, can you strip fine cast, and if so, how? Yes. How? Yeah. You, um, you can use uh, the, um, what's it called, the magic, um, or not magic green, simple green. I have simple green, but fine cast is so soft. I was just afraid. Like, I, I've used simple green on Forge World models. It's not going to hurt it. Now, do you soak them or do you just? Yeah, I soak them. Okay. Yep. I'm just, but you don't want to. I usually soak them for uh, eight hours. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't leave them in overnight or anything. Because the plastics, I've left plastics in well overnight. In fact, Harrison's first set that he got. Uh, he decided he wanted to play, and back when GW used to have swap trade day, remember that? Mm-hmm. Where you could just bring your junk in and like trade with people. Yeah, this kid was selling like well over a battalion worth of high elves, and uh, I, I felt a little bad because he is—he was probably about sixteen or seventeen, and he wanted like sixty bucks, and I think I talked him down to forty because, okay, kid primed these things with spray paint and i mean not spray primer like uh-huh. shiny like like <laughs> like what do you the, not the semi the, what is it the satin is yeah. that the shiny one uh-huh. black satin spray paint like i had to take all this stuff home and go and dry i mean it shined like he painted it with testers okay <laughs> that's what i'm talking about but it was spray paint based i had to take it all come home drop it in a bucket of simple green and I left it in there for a full day, took it out and started scrubbing. Almost nothing came off. Threw it all back in there. It was like three days in the simple green. Wow. And then me pulling them off and sitting and scrubbing with a toothbrush to get this stuff off. So it was like, hey, you know, that's all, yeah. it's, all it's worth. You screwed it up. Yep. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I've seen, I've seen that and uh, I've had to do that for stuff. I just, I don't, they're so expensive. Yes. Like, I've got five, and I would love to have ten, but they're like 20 bucks per model, and they don't sell them in anything but a five-pack. So, right. you know, I just... Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I have the I, old I, metal don't ones. Don't screw it up. I don't want to screw it up. I want yeah. them to come out really nice, and um, so that's what I have to do. Like, I've got to be very careful, but i got to strip it because I want to try again. Mm-hmm. Want it to look so good? Yeah, they're they're great models. If you have them, yeah, you want them to look nice. They they should be centerpiece. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, I'm not even taking those off the square bases. Uh, I know Wayne Barry just today was posting up. Um, he's got. Uh, they're basically they look like wooden bases or MDF bases. That are the same height as a GW base, except they're the they're oval shaped with the whatever the original base size is cut out in the center. Oh, and so you can just drop in and add a little glue on the edges and drop your base into the new base. 
And uh, I think that's because because the uh, dude, the Blood Knights, they're they're only like they're they're actually really nice, very dynamic sculpts. But it's like the horses had those little, you know, the little the long, you know, the the plastic, the long thin plastic slots, the double slots for, that certain horses oh. had. Yes. And so they had the the long slots, but they're literally connected at like one hoof. Right. And it's like in a weird jumping pose, so it's like the tip of the hoof. So it's not like I could cut that off when I cut off the base. Right. And attach it by that little bit of hoof unless I pinned it. So it's like, nah, I think this base is going to stay. I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> and, and, okay, and there you go. There's another thing to decide, folks. Yeah. Um, you may have to do two or three different basing techniques within your army, depending how old the army is or how often you've updated. If you've got metals and plastics and fine cast in there, you may have to resort to different basing techniques to make it all work without ruining your models. So, yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking right now. Uh, but that's it for basing, and that's it for infinity, and I think that's it for this episode. I think it's a wrap. I think so. Um, this should be out hopefully before the tenth, because the tenth I will be spending all day gaming at UGG. Yes. And you guys will hear all of that on the next episode because that's all we're doing. We're just going to record something. Dude, I don't know how long or how short that episode's going to be because I'm not going to just record all day. I'm going to stop and play games and we're going to talk to people. Um, I don't know how much usable stuff will be out there. <laughs> uh, you know, it may wind up being a shorter episode. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of excited to see just what happens. I've never done a live remote before. Yeah, so, I'm looking forward to it. No, me too. Me too. Uh, of course, keep reading. Um, what's it called? War. Uh, Warstorm. Warstorm, because uh, yeah, keep reading Warstorm. Just in case we wind up short, we may be reviewing Warstorm All at right. the back end. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm gonna shut up now and All right. let this show end. Christian, thanks for coming on again. Thank thanks you for, for inviting me. Again, oh, sir. did you see the, the somebody on the forums? Is it another co-host and another Chris? Yes. I'm like, great. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. I can't help it. I know a lot of cool Chris's. What do you want from me? You know? Yeah. I mean, all right. So, folks, uh, this was episode 130. Man, getting up there. So, we'll, Amazing. we will be back with 131 in a couple of weeks and see you soon. Cheers. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.